Welcome to The Hunter's Home, a Monster Hunter community podcast for hunters by hunters. Welcome, Hunters, to the Hunter's Hub, Episode 6. Uh, today, we're going to go into the third generation rep- retrospective. Uh, Gog is here with us again today. Hello, Gog. Yeah, hello. Um, uh, and today, we have a special guest, Deadeye Dave. All, some of you may know him as Shady Hitchhiker. Hello. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Pleasure to be here. And a uh, close personal friend of mine, B-Cubed. Hey, guys. Alrighty, um, so like I said, today we're going to go into the third generation talks, but before we get into all that, um, Deadeye, um, how did you get into Monster Hunter? Well, I'm um, a bit apprehensive to tell the story after uh, us discussing off-podcast that we're going to try and keep this short, but um, I think I have a, a <laughs> unique it's start okay. with the series in the fact that I basically started playing Monster Hunter with Freedom Unite when Tri was announced, because Mm -hmm. when Tri was announced, I was working as the official Nintendo rep to the Republic of Ireland, um, and actually Mm. found out about it in a meeting where, um, I guess to kind of explain the background a little bit, um, while I was working for Nintendo, I'd kind of travel around to stores, and I'd, you know, show off new games, and I'd do stuff like that, and I'd try and keep the stores informed, but um, Nintendo and Capcom seemed to have kind of like a buddy thing going on, where... Uh, there wasn't any sort of official thing that I knew of, but I get information on new Capcom games when they came out, and I'd also get like free copies of games. So if I was in a shop and mm, people were buying a lot of like Brain Training or Wii Sports or whatever, and uh, Granny came up to me and said, oh, I've beaten Brain Training 1, I've beaten Brain Training 2, what should I play? I could say, well, I've played this game called Phoenix Wright, and it's super cool, you should probably try that. Um, so I was in a meeting one time, and they showed a trailer for Monster Hunter Try, and I thought, wow, that looks pretty cool. And uh, as I usually do in those meetings, I put up my hand and said, uh, hey, are, uh, are we going to get a free copy of this? And uh, the guy from Nintendo said, oh, good question. I actually don't know. I'll get back to you on that one. And uh, he never hmm. he never got back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. <laughs> uh, so at a certain Over. point, I was kind of playing chicken with the Monster Hunter tri-release date. And I was like, uh, okay, I really hmm. want to be able to talk about this but I don't know anything about this series. I have no clue. And at the time as well, it feels kind of bad looking back on it, but I was receiving like posters and cardboard standees and like little desktop things and t-shirts. And like at the time I had no mass of the value that this stuff would have for me later. So I was just like giving it out to shops and getting it all away. And one day I saw in one of my shops that Monster of Freedom Unite on the PSP was selling for like 9.99. And I thought, all right, I'll buy, okay. I'll buy that, and then I'll know what I'm talking about when the game finally comes out. Um, so that's basically what uh-huh. I did. I picked that up on the PSP. I sort of blitzed through it in about three months. Um, I 
uh, my like level of play, if any of us were watching it now, we'd probably vomit on ourselves. Like I had no idea of skills. <laughs> I knew nothing about armor. Mm-hmm. I would just brute force my way through every quest. Like I think <laughs> I yeah, we all started there. I think I got about seventy-five hours in before I even knew armor skills were a thing. Uh, but uh, I basically beat all of Freedom Unite. I think except for Yamatsugami, just because my PSP nub mm-hmm. broke. Uh, and it, I wasn't able to control Aww. my hunter anymore. Um, but then when <laughs> when Try eventually did come out, uh, I it was amazing. It felt Try felt to me then what uh, Monster Hunter World seems to be now. It's just like a, a big fresh reboot to the series. And um, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk badly about second generation and before. Uh, well, actually, you know, I will. But um, I, I feel like it's kind of like <laughs> when somebody has, like, you know, been in a horrendous car crash or they've had a really bad breakup. You know, somebody says that, like, going through awful events just makes you stronger as a person and it lets you look at the world in a better way. <laughs> but you don't want to go and tell anybody to go get in a car crash. So it's like, I like the third generation because <clears> I've played the second generation, but I don't think I can in good conscience tell anybody to go play any second generation games because it, it's a dark place. <laughs> I I think that that is an apt thing to say because it's hard for me to go back even to for you after generations. It's hard. Because, really? Well, because of the quality of life changes. There's so every game iterates on the quality of life so much. It's like it's really hard to go back. Yeah, quality it, of life is a big thing. It really is. It's funny with for you. I don't have as much of a problem because I like using the charge blade from for you. So, like you know the changes to carving and stuff like that don't really bug me nearly as much. I think it's the armor set stuff that bugs me. What was different in that game? Uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I could be getting confused with 3U versus 4U, but our, the yeah, way yeah. they manage armor sets, I feel, is something that I don't want to go away from. And item yeah. sets, was item sets... Oh, item sets were not a thing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the one... That's the one. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to go through and put everything in. It's especially yeah. helpful in Double Cross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To be completely uh, upfront about all of my biases and opinions, the way I'd kind of rank the most recent like Monster Hunter games would be that uh, 3U is my favorite. Um, I think 4, mm-hmm. 4U is the best, and I have no kind thoughts about Generations. But um, talking about the quality of life changes—that's a shame. If uh, if you, if you go backwards in quality of life changes, uh, generations is where you get a whole day to gather, like which is fantastic, and it's where you get the mm-hmm. the transporter on the quests, where you can just sort of send stuff back. And mm-hmm. um, I think oh yeah, that's also I think it's nice. the only game since second generation. I might be wrong about this, um, but I think it's the only one where you can deposit account items that aren't rel- uh, relevant to the quest to just get rid of them and get some points um and then if you go back to f- no you can you can no, do you can that. still do that since three i think yeah yeah you've been able to do that for a long time um i i've been playing a lot of four yeah, that, you recently I... and you can't do it in that one um maybe you can do it in three years okay huh um and then yeah you can do it in three the big quality of life change in four you is uh item sets like that's a huge like light from the sky angel singing quality of life change that that's really tough to not have <laughs> and then if you go all the way back to try um the quality of life changes that you got there were talismans and the ability to save item sets <laughs> uh but for some bizarre reason the item sets don't uh record decorations 
Yeah. The other thing that I think they added in for you is the fact that you could roll and then go into your hammer charge, which is so nice. That's the kind of minutia I like to hear. It's movement-wise. Okay. Well, cool. I mean, that's pretty cool to hear you were a Nintendo rep. That was... Oh, yeah. That, surprising. That actually <laughs> is insane. Every single person that comes on here, like, I don't know what this community is, but they're all, like... They make me feel bad, is all that matters, I guess. <laughs> it's funny. Hey, I'm a nobody. I just, you know, started this idea. Like, one of the things that won me over the most in the trailer was probably the um, the final... I mean, anybody can Google the Monster Hunter Try, like, regular launch trailer, but at the very end, it's the Gen Moran roaring, and I was like, oh, wow, you get to fight something this big? And then in the game, when you're fighting him, you're like, oh, this is heavily scripted. <laughs> this is boring as hell. Like, But, uh, you know, as someone who hadn't played it, it's like, oh, that's what roped me in. <laughs> the worst thing is I... You know what's funny? I actually... Sorry. I was good, sorry. I was just gonna say the worst thing is probably that like I had a box of Monster Hunter like T-shirts that I just gave away and didn't keep any of that. You know, I, I had no idea I'd want to keep a Monster uh -huh. Hunter T-shirt. To be fair, they weren't that nice. I think it was just a picture of a heavy bow gunner with the iron armor with the text just saying "I am a hunter" and no logos or anything. So they weren't super <laughs> I, nice. I would have wore it. Yeah, I probably would have too. But <laughs> before I knew I liked Monster Hunter, I'd already given all the stuff away. So like, me liking it yeah. came yeah. much later. Oh but yeah, uh, the thing I was gonna say about Jen Moran is I actually enjoy him a lot. I have no idea why, because he is heavily scripted, but it's I don't know. Like I I actually enjoy um, Atlalka. I enjoy um, uh, Nikarkos. For some reason, the ability to know what you need to do next and to be able to. Um, execute that well and know in a few more hits this arm's going to break and then he's going to jump over the ship and then he's going to pop up on the other side I'll break his arm and then as soon as he gets close enough I go up his arm and I break the spear coming out of his back like that would be Duren Moran um, and for some reason I felt really powerful because I was a solo player that I knew how to do that um, whereas you know I just I felt powerful through the knowledge of how to do it Whereas other monsters, it was actually like I needed my skill, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which to most people probably is more important. But for some reason, in those fights, I just felt really powerful to be able to do that. I feel like my sweet spot yeah, is the, the medium-sized monsters. Just uh, I'm happy to kill anything, you know, whatever, whatever I can carve. But you know, no, yeah. uh, no Kirins, no Oroshi Kirins. They're too small. They weren't nope. designed to be bosses. And then like Gen Moran. The, the Dara Morales, all those guys, like, I'll, I'll fight them fine. It doesn't bother me too much, but, like, they're just too big. I like being able to, you know, back hopping through every paw slam of his ogre. I think that's the right size of a monster. Like, nothing bothers me more than hmm. being 12 miles away from Dara Morales, and he turns to look at someone else, and his tail just whips me just because his model rotated in the spot. That just feels kind of stupid. Yeah. Well, speaking of back hopping, um, we should probably well actually we should go over B cubes yeah <laughs> first and then we can go over weapons amazing transition um, ten out of yeah ten. so <laughs> you're welcome um, that's what I'm here for he pays me just to do transitions <laughs> he doesn't pay me I'm I'm here I'm out of my will I have no ability to leave okay <laughs> um so B cubed how See, did like you how fast get he into went Monster out of Hunter just want you to know all right so how did I get into Monster Hunter um. Well, it happened to be you, Fortwan. Um, yeah. 
I think it was. I think it was um second generation. You showed me on the PSP. I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, I think I showed you guys Monster Hunter One at my place. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I for, totally forgot about that. You showed the Monster Hunter One at your place, then you had the P you had the PSP version and played that everywhere every day. Um, showed it to me quite often, and at first I, I wasn't too um, intrigued by the game, and you finally wore me down. And when when Tri came out, I had a, I had a Wii, and I bought it and fell in love with the game. Um, fighting these mammoth of, mammoth beasts and carving them out, take building my building my weapons and my armors, and then going out and doing it again was an amazing experience, and uh, it's definitely one of my favorite games. I did not know that. <laughs> I just knew I was more into it than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what got me into it. And then after that, obviously, I got a Wii U. And that was one of the reasons why I got it, because we knew uh, what Ultimate was coming out. So I got Ultimate, and I really liked Ultimate. I think Ultimate probably is my favorite version as well um, so far. I just, the list of monsters, some of my faves are in that monster. I mean, some of my favorite monsters are in there. Uh, Brachadius being one of them. Enjoyed enjoyed fighting him. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I did enjoy four. I believe four had the added the um, the vaulting and the mm-hmm. and the mounting mechanics, which were really cool mechanics. I think but I think some of the stuff in four is great, but just some of my favorite monsters in general were introduced in in uh, uh, Cry Ultimate. So that's that is definitely my favorite version. Hmm. Yeah, it's got. Uh, I was sad to see a lot of monsters go, but that happens with every generation transition. Yeah. As we'll get into today. Yeah. For sure. B-Cube makes a really good point there, and probably the reason that 3U is my favorite is probably the monster roster. And it's not, like, a question of pure, like, functionality and, like, uh, mechanics. It's just sort of a feeling that, like, yes, this is the good stuff. Like, this is the the best roster, I think, in the game. And then you can kind of hear the designers, and the designers are like, hey, we're going to do for you. And we're like, yes. We're going to do all these cool new monsters. And we're like, yes. And they're like, we're going to put in stuff from Freedom Unite. We're like, no. It's like, hey, guys, do you like Tongalala? <laughs> no. <laughs> what about Velocidrome? Oh, God, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I I really don't understand what, what they did with, like, the, the bird wyverns in that game. They're like... Let's just throw back all the dromes and let's just leave the jaggy because they like it. <laughs> and then they just got rid of it. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, drome uh, and fango are swear words. <laughs> uh, well, if you're, if, I mean, Generations was about celebrating the, the history of Monster Hunter. And arguably, the dromes are uh, more attached to the series than the, the Augies were. Yeah, maybe Monster Hunter should learn from recent American political events and perhaps say that not all of your history needs to be celebrated. You can forget about the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know we're not the we're not the ones who control what happens. It's Capcom, so they decide what's important to bring back or not. The only thing I will say about Try and Ultimate is that I I wasn't a big fan of the water battles. Okay. 
So well, we can, we can, I mean, that's going to be the whole topic today is that oh, yeah. All right. so, yeah, we can, <laughs> we can <laughs> save it till then. Um, all right. So moving on, um, we'll talk about what are your top three monsters that I, um, my list is kind of cheating in a way because, uh, you guys know, I've been listening to this podcast mm-hmm. since the start, cause I'm a big fan of like grassroots community efforts and i like that you're doing this um so rather than my favorite monster because um i did um the meet the monster thing with capcom when they were doing that and i, I picked the devil joe so i wanted to pick oh, three okay. monsters that i thought didn't get shout outs on your podcast thus far that i think are really good so like if anybody okay. wants to hear me talk about devil joe there's a, a youtube video with that in there but um for my per- first pick i'd hmm. pick the um the Korapeko. okay that was my sound effects pause um mostly because of <laughs> what I feel like is the difference in design quality between the second generation and the third generation. And I'm really enforcing whoever is the guest on the second generation podcast to come back and, you know, fight all the points I'm complaining about. But um, I'm still going to complain about them while no one else is here. Um, but the first big bird you fight in the first and second generation games is the Uncut queue. And I've never held a yes. strong opinion about the Uncaku. It just looks kind of like a weird bird, you know, bat Ooh. chicken thing. Um, just from a design perspective. There's, uh, <laughs> there's fighting words for lots of people on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of people love the Uncaku. Yeah, yeah, you guys like a lot of monsters that I, I don't have a, a high regard for. But then you get to the third generation, and it just sort of shows this just better design ethos that come from. So they're like, okay, it's a bird, and it has a trumpet for a beak. So it's kind of like a bard monster. <laughs> and it can puff up its chest like a frog and then it can you know excel the air through the trumpet so it sings and uh because it can sing it can do buffs it can do healing and then it can also summon other monsters and then a nice little touch it like spits corrosive fluid but then the little extra step is that on its wings it's got flints and if it spits the fluid right as it cracks the flints together it produces little fireballs and I think that's all just great. It's so much better than just a kind of bat chicken that sort of pecks and spits fireballs. It's just like they really put in the effort, I think, on the Korapeko. And it's a great first monster from like a design perspective, but also from a, a game progression perspective, because that's the monster that you get mm-hmm. green sharpness weapons from uh, in mm-hmm. all the third generation games, which I think is fantastic. And also, in my personal opinion, in Try, it was like the best beginner set. Because when you made it, you got, I think it was Defense Medium Evasion 2 item use up, and probably most importantly for a new player, really high fire resistance. Because there's not a lot of offensive elements in Try, and fire res is really kind of all you needed. Yeah. That's that's a good point. <laughs> I would always I always used to say Baroth because of the high defense, but mm. that's a good one too. Baroth was a very good starter armor, honestly. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um. What are you, what are the other two? Or are you just gonna say one? See, this is what I'm saying. It's tough for me to stay keep this podcast short. Um. My second one was actually gonna be the Cedius. Okay. Mostly. It's a it's a fun boss. Yeah. Um. There's not much of a plot in the third gen, but you know the little plot is is that as a hunter you're sort of carrying forward the hopes and dreams of the Moga village that is about to be destroyed. And I think it's a nice Mm -hmm. fight where the first phase is you're just kind of following it and you're trying to stop it. And it's just bigger than anything you've ever seen. 
Um, but then when it stops to the second phase, like the music swells and then the chorus starts up and it's kind of like Moga Village is singing along with you. And it's just like a really cool moment. And like people don't like fighting Cedius because it's like underwater and it's a big monster. It's kind of a big monster. I don't mind because you're able to move around in three dimensions. And I think that's kind of mm-hmm. one of the sticking points about swimming as a mechanic in that like I agree with B-Cubed that it's not great a lot of the time. Like the worst example is probably if you're in the flooded forest and you're fighting like Gobel or Ligiacris. Um But when you're in the gigantic like 360 arenas where you can go anywhere, I think it's a lot of fun. So I wanted to give a shout out to the CDS for like the boss nobody likes and nobody wants to fight. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what's your third? Uh, my third, for kind of the same reasons as the CDS, is the Gormagala. Okay. Yeah. I really like the Gormagala. Yeah. Honestly. From I like the um, the movement patterns that it uses, especially. Yeah, I think he's just like great design, top to bottom. Like everything I was talking about with the the Korapeko, the the Gormagala is just like more of that in spades. And I think he's important because he's basically Monster Hunter's first villain. The um, first time you encounter him is when you're doing uh, the the quest when you're saving the ace cadets uh, or the the ace hunters from the the file. And uh, then later he attacks you when you're in transition on the boat. Spoiler warning. Um, And finally you kill him. And, you know, more spoiler warnings for 4 Ultimate is that he pulls a true villain move and goes, haha, this isn't even my final form. And then you discover in the plot that you've basically been fighting the monster hunter equivalent of a metapod and the butterfree is yet to come yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a good way to put it (laughs) so yeah i just wanted to give those three monsters a shout out because i'm sick of hearing people saying nice things about keizo and diablos hey 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 you lay off a diablos (laughs) (laughs) fight me bro oh man hey I will, I think. No, I'm good. I, I've made my point as to why I like Diablos a ton of times. But, um, it's all good. I was going to say, I think uh, um, I think one of the things is I you could make an argument that Legiacris might have been the first villain. Maybe even Tigrex. Um, granted, it's not as fleshed out as Gormagala is because it's the only one that's fleshed out as a story. But... Tigrex is the first time that you're specifically shown a monster that it's like, you're not ready for this yet. You have to get stronger to beat him. I mean, it was pretty cool when so, he showed up when you were gathering the monster guns, to... but I feel like ultimately in the bigger context of the story, he was kind of framed and you just killed him unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah, but that's not true with the Tigrex in, in the Monster Hunter Freedom 2 um, and Ultimate. Um... The Tigrex attacks you on a Popo Drum Tongue Quest, um, and it's actually in the intro, of number two. That was a pretty yep, sweet intro. You basically, movie. get bruised up. Yeah, he like knocks you off a cliff, and then you wake up in your house, and they're like, "Yeah, you've been trashed for a while. You can go get up and fight more." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So you could make an argument that they're the first uh, villains, but. Um, I don't think it's a it's a hundred percent argument. I don't think it's a like a you're wrong kind of thing because he is the most built up as a villain. The other ones, yeah, we could they, uh, would, they would be a goal, but 
I'm sure we could discuss for days the the difference in the spectrum between an obstacle and a villain, but uh, that's all good. I mean, yeah. my only the only last thing I'll say about Cormagall is that he basically has a cape. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, the, the the design on his body is ridiculous. I love it. Yeah, he especially does. when he goes into frenzy and you know he spreads out his wings and you can see his full body. Yeah, yeah the the tint on the screen, you know, it becomes gray. It's very cool. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. we're not talking about for you now, but that was definitely a moment in the game where I was like, "Wait a minute, is he a dragon? Holy crap, this is cool." <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so B cube, what are your top three? All right, top three. Number one on my list would be the Black Duke. Um, okay. I'm a I'm a fan of the brute wyverns and Racadius with you know his ability to punch the ground and leave slime puddles or hit the uh, hunters and blind them and then later on watch you know you have to you run in fear as you're going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happens. <laughs> or dodge these puddles exploding around you. I thought that fight was really interesting and um. It, which segues to my second favorite monster, which would be uh, the Bear Baroff, which is <laughs> <laughs> very similar, very similar. But you know, Baroff, his puddles, the puddles he leaves don't actually blow up. They 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 stick you, stick to you, slow you down, slow your movement, keep you from from attacking, and then he just runs you over. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then my. It- that's surprising to me because how much uh, a bad time we had fighting Baroth. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we had some we had some struggles, but it, it was you know the first big monster you know yeah. big monster. I was like, oh my gosh, this is hard. I'm attacking him. My my, my weapon's bouncing off ninety percent of his body. I had to shatter different pieces. Yeah, so we can finally actually do some real damage. I'm constantly sharpening my uh, my my weapon, making sure I can yeah. actually do some damage. <laughs> it was. It was a very interesting battle. The first, the first, well, the first times through. I, the the just a little context. I have talked about this on a previous podcast. Um, our mutual friend Austin was the one that kept us from winning that class. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Just throwing him under the bus, aren't you? Oh, I threw him under the bus when I talked about it last time. He was triple carding, um, and I was like at the point where I was hitting him to knock him out of the way. <laughs> and he launched me a lot. He launched. He launched us a lot. He, when we first played, I, I mean, I'd launch my. I get launched right over the bar, right into his path, and get, and he just run run right over and pummel me. So, hmm. <laughs> those those were some very interesting fights we had with with him. But I, I really enjoyed those those battles. And then uh, I'd have to say Durandros. Um, that was, okay. was, was Duram Duram. It was a very, it was a very strange monster. The first time, because I, I didn't actually know how the fight was going to go the first time we, we actually battled this guy, and so I'm seeing this guy, you know, using his centrifugal force, turning, 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 and then just <laughs> launch himself, which he shouldn't be able to launch himself that high <laughs> at, that, at that size, but he yeah. launches himself up, and then you just go running in fear, like oh, it's, it, it, it has to come down. It's coming down at some point. <laughs> so you slant out of the way and hope it doesn't come down on you. <laughs> and then the fact you could mind him was really cool. I thought that was I thought that was another yeah, yeah. really cool aspect they added to that. That was just something a little bit different than, than you'd seen. Give Hammer users that one tail they can I cut off. Agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And that was so satisfying to be able to smash his tail off, man. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. It made sense, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so, for the final question, uh, what is your main or favorite weapon, De- uh, Deadeye? Uh, my main weapon down to the core of my being is the lance uh more specifically the guard lance um mostly because i was Mm. telling you guys earlier that like i basically just like smashed through freedom unite with my face like i had no idea what i was doing i just got (laughs) it all the time and i just wore armors for defense um and that all came to an end when i got to the tigrex quest and he beat the crap out of me (laughs) so i had to um like look around and try and do a little bit of research and that's when i found out uh actually it was in the arena because i love the arena as well i was fighting the congalala with a gun lance i think and he did his stupid swipey swipey swipe fall down attack and he missed Mm -hmm. all the swipey swipes but when he fell down i noticed that you could block the earthquake with the shield and i was like hang on a second and that's when you knew <laughs> you can block earthquakes what else can you block and i went and i found out i was like oh basically everything in a way that doesn't make sense with physics or science this is great mm-hmm. so i yeah you can block everything but a straight up beam yeah i think beams and farts is the that's why i like gun lance you can't block beams and yeah. you can't block farts but uh i got that's exactly why i like gun lance oh sorry oh. I thought you were done. Oh, I was, I was just going to say that um, I got the guard skills on, I think it was the centaur armor, and I went back in with that, and with that I was able to beat the Tigrex finally. And at that point it was a match made in heaven forever. Mm. Uh, and you can imagine mm. my surprise going into Monster Hunter Try, pressing all the buttons randomly, and finding what looked like a great sword charge attack on one of them. And I was thinking, huh, what's this? Mm. This is weird. I guess I charge it up and it just does more damage. And I was doing that in a lot of monsters for a long time before one of them hit me while I was doing it, and then I counterstand them, and I thought, oh my god, I have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I mostly nice. only used Lance in Try, and then to beat 3 Ultimate, but once I beat 3 Ultimate, I kind of eased up on Lance usage a bit, because I felt bad for the other weapons, but like, mostly I use everything. But um, <laughs> even in a game where I have no uses of a Lance, I'm a Lance Lancer in my heart, and definitely a Guard Lancer. Hmm. Don't feel bad. Um, I'm playing Double Cross that I have been off and on, and um, I have no aspirations to use anything but the Charge Blade in that game right now. I have not even touched another weapon. I immediately started the game, switched to a Charge Blade, and I have not even <laughs> considered switching back. <laughs> it's like, um, uh, the thing I was going to say before, though, was with, you know, all your guarding that you love. Uh, that's honestly why I liked the Gunlance so much when I first found out about it, because it had everything I wanted. I could protect myself with nearly any situation. I didn't have to worry about dodging and getting stuck. Um, it helped me defeat the Urgan, which was my wall in 3U, or try. well, after getting past try to 3U, I had the Gunlance, and that's kind of what helped me buy that. Um... And it shot explosions, which is the coolest thing ever to a, what, 14-year-old. So, <laughs> yeah, that's good. I just loved it. Yep. B-Cube, what about you? Alright, so, my favorite weapon is a, is a charge blade. And the reason being is I, I really love the sword and shield and try. 
Mm-hmm. But as I tried to play in solo, I ran into a wall with a sword and shield. I just, I couldn't beat some certain monsters fast enough. I had trouble dealing out enough damage or cutting tails that were too high. So I had to switch over from sword and shield, which what I really loved, to I went and started playing the long sword heavily. And I played the long sword from tried and try ultimate is what I played along. So I played a long sword. And then when we got to um, Twitter, I said, oh, charge blade. Sword and shield, but also dishes out a lot more damage when you want to transform. I was like, I can actually solo with this. So charge blade is definitely my new fave right now. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I I definitely do like the uh, the sword and shield part. But what's funny, um, like if you watch a lot of Eric's new gameplay mm-hmm. that he had had when he went over to Japan and got to play, um, like all he used was Charge Blade because he wanted to advance, um, and he wanted to just focus on the game. And it's funny to watch him because he is always in sword mode. He almost never, you know goes into axe mode to deal out a ton of damage when the monster falls down. He's very focused on attacking with sword and shield and then going into his super from sword and shield, which puts him back in sword and shield. He <laughs> never leaves it. And that's like a perfectly usable strategy that is, you know, very common from the For You era where you could do that. Um, and I actually play a lot like Fortwan because even though I played the Charge Blade in For You, at that time I was not good I, I didn't know how to guard points, so I just would go into axe mode when I could, and I used the axe mode. Um, and it's kind of been ingrained into my brain, so when I see a monster go down, I always immediately do the axe chop, the conversion into the axe, to then attack with it. Thank you. Um, it's one of the reasons that I liked Brave Charge Blade a lot. Hmm. Yeah, I, I really like the Charge cool. Blade as well. Um, yeah, what were you going to say... What were we gonna say? Oh, sorry. Um, I was just gonna say that I also really like the charge blade um, uh, because in three U, uh, I can show you guys my guild card afterwards. But I think I had like over a thousand uses of lance, and I had about four hundred fifty hmm. uses of every other weapon because I tried to bring them up and put a pause to lance. So when four U was on the horizon, I said, okay, when this game comes out, I'm only allowed to use those two new weapons. The bug stick and slashy hmm. axe thing. I don't know what they're called. And I went into them with like complete <laughs> ignorance so i think it took me a long time to even figure out how to do uh the um, i don't know what you call it but when you put the blade energy into the shield or you you stop a discharge and yep. you charge up your shield and also a shockingly long time to figure out how to mm-hmm. do a insect glaive vault but uh, i only played for you <laughs> with uh, those two weapons until i beat it and then I, I branched out a bit but yeah charge blade is great well yeah Alrighty, well, I think that wraps us up for intro, so we'll get into the main topic, which is third generation. Um, Yay, I can finally talk about something that makes sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) We should also probably point out now the, uh, the, the non-existent second gen podcast currently. Um, yeah, so because of scheduling reasons, we have to do the third generation before the second generation. Um, but the second generation will probably be coming soon, as in the following week. So, if things go well enough, but we'll get to it. Um, we didn't forget about it, it's just that we had 
just as far as getting guests on the podcast, it was just easier to get third generation out of the way first. So, um, <clears throat> all that said, um, a little bit of backstory to sort of leading up into Try, which is uh, the first of the third generations. Um, 3U, or th- Try, 4 uh, Freedom Ultimate <laughs> had been out for, I want to say, two years before we got Try. Um, it was a little bit of a gap. Um, of course, uh, as I've mentioned before, the biggest U.S. release gap was actually between Try and 3 Ultimate, which was four years. Uh, it was a tough time. So, But there was a bit of a gap. Huh? I was, I was just thinking it was a Sorry. tough time, that gap. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was. It was a tough time between uh, 4 Ultimate and Try for me. <laughs> um, so uh, Try was announced for the Wii um, and that sort of caused a lot of like speculation and sparks about why they were leaving uh, Sony to go to Nintendo and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's Sounds been so familiar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that kind of reflects the whole Monster Hunter World going, you know, multi-platform off of Nintendo. But I mean, essentially, uh, there was a lot of problems with. Uh, going HD and they weren't ready to do that yet it was too expensive and Sony required uh, you to also implement trophies that was a thing um, eventually and by the time uh, Monster Hunter would have came out it would have needed trophies so they were like yeah we don't do that even though they kind of do <laughs> there is achievements in the game Yeah, <laughs> I mean there has been since like mm-hmm. uh, Freedom 2 I think um, but they're like, nah, we, we don't want to do that. And it's going to take too much money. Um, because one of the things about monster hunter is it's always been, uh, a very successful series, partially because it's not the most expensive to make either. It's never been focused on the highest fidelity graphics. It's never been focused on using the great latest and greatest technology. Yeah. It was, it was literally made as a example of how you can do online games, and then it's just sort of ran since. So, it's it's a testament to just how fun the concept is that you don't need to have the best graphics for this thing to run. So they put it on the Wii um, because Nintendo's like, "Hey, we'll help out." So they uh, had exclusivity for a while. Um, so there was a bit. There was actually a really decent marketing push in the U.S. at least for Try. Um, I remember, and I don't watch UFC or that kind of stuff, but B Cube did, and he showed me um, uh, a some. It was an MMA fight, I think, that Try had sponsored. Oh wow! And Legiacris huh. was in the ring, like <laughs> yeah. the, the logo. In the center of the MMA ring was uh, Legiacris. Holy crap. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, there was, <laughs> was TV cool. commercials and that kind of stuff. So there was actually a decent marketing push for Try. Um, there had been a marketing push for Freedom Unite, uh, I remember. Um, not as big, but it ran on uh, children's networks like Nickelodeon and uh, Cartoon Network. Um, and it was just a single TV commercial that I remember. But Try had a pretty decent marketing push, um, and then yeah, it comes one of my out. My favorite commercials. There was a 
There was this big dude. He had a beard. He was a big buff guy. And he's walking around. He, I don't remember. Like, he might have done other ones, but... Iron he's beard. at, like, a McDonald's. He's got a big truck, and he's, he's like... Got a monster in the back of my truck. Could you cook it up for me and all this stuff? Oh my god, it was hilarious. Oh, it was not just one commercial. That I oh, it wasn't. I gotta find there another are ones. at least four, maybe five or six. Uh, so oh my, my, my god, favorite I need to find these. is the the one where he's making fun of the African Sahara like nature shows. Okay. And there's one of like a lion chasing down uh, a gazelle. Um, mm-hmm. And it catches the gazelle, and he's like, "Ah, the beauty of nature," blah blah blah. And it's it's Ironbeard talking the the same guy. Yeah. Uh, and then he uh, and then he's like, "But it wouldn't be if they were such a pussy cat or something like that." He's just making fun. <laughs> of and then like the music is like this tribal like like bongo stuff. And then it goes <laughs> it goes like oh, like the singers in the background just sort of go oh. And then um, uh, it's like. Well, if you really want to hunt something, hunt a monster and goes into oh the trailer. Oh my gosh! It's just it, they're so cheesy and just great. It, they, um, it was that's why it was so good though, because he's like talking to all these people at the McDonald's. He's like, "Can you cook it up?" And they're like, uh, "We can't take that in there." He's like, "But why?" He's like, "We do it all the time at home." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was a pretty good like marketing push. I really like that stuff. Um, it's just so cartoony. It was great. Um, so that. There was all this hype and stuff, and we were all ready. Um, one of the big things about Try is it was the first real like model update to the game. Mm-hmm. So you get the original games, and they sort of improved them in the second generation, but really they just added more models that had updated stuff. That you know they didn't update the hitboxes too much. I mean that's why <laughs> Freedom Unite gets a lot of, a lot of bad rap for being hard. It's because the the hitboxes were outrageous. There was no mm-hmm. such thing as like. <laughs> Uh, standing under a wing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah it was their hitbox was a giant square that included their wings all the way down to the ground. Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. So like it was a it was tough tough because of that kind of stuff. But they fixed all of that kind of stuff with try. They fixed a lot of the models. But yeah, they basically when I say a, a lot everything. of the models, I mean only three monsters made it back. So mm-hmm. we were. Fifty plus monsters, I want to say. Uh, and I, we dropped down to eighteen. We did, yeah, eighteen large monsters. I should specify. Yes. There, there's more if you include stuff like. Uh, uh, Aptonoth the, the, and the the, the the minion monsters. Jaggies. Kind of um, yep. They did away with Vespoids and Hornitars. Replaced with uh, the. Uh, Benabra. Absaros and Benabra. Yeah. Yeah. Ultraoth, yeah. Yeah, Al- yeah, I was going to say Ultraoth. Yeah, the- Absaroth are the large yeah. club-tailed things, which yeah. did go away and came back in for you. No, they yeah. were still there. No, no, they were... They were? Not in third generation, they weren't. I want to say weren't. yes, but I can't remember I exactly. mean, both... So, Balfangle were replaced by... Uh, Renaplos. Not close. Well, yeah, we're yeah. talking about Absaroth, not Balfangle. <laughs> No, 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 no. I was, I was just gonna list off other things just oh, to say that yeah. a lot of things were just replaced with other things that kind of were playing their role, but just had a different aesthetic feel. Yeah, except for Aptonoth, Aptonoth stayed. They're pretty. I mean, if you talk yeah. about uh, herbivores and Monster Hunter, uh, Aptonoth are pretty much as iconic as they come. Mm. Um, so where you got your meat to make your well-done steak? Mm-hmm. 
you always, you like your first quest, you always ran out and slaughtered one. <laughs> so, try coming out, there was a lot of updates and a lot of things that happened. Um, just a couple of the mechanics that were new. Obviously, uh, swimming, water battles. It was the first real attempt at uh, three-dimensional fighting instead of like being equivalent to fighting like in a top-down game essentially uh only mm-hmm. back and forth movement or x and y axis if you want to be technical um there wasn't uh there wasn't anything such as a pin beforehand so monsters could pin you in, in the third generation now um there wasn't there was such thing as uh extra monsters on a quest but they were they were always the same monster um, Devil Joe was the first thing to be like, hey, I'm everywhere, and I'm going to wreck your day. <laughs> like, uh... Devil Joe's Subquests started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, subquests started in third generation. Um, a lot of, like, uh, quality of life, for, for instance, like, nodes. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh... Like it used to be like a mining node didn't use uh, it wasn't a node it was like a straight yeah. up like a crack in the wall oh yeah <laughs> area that's the first yeah. thing that yeah. you said that I, I mean, had even a in try that was inconsistent oh, sorry, too um I was just gonna say even in try that was still kind of inconsistent because most of the time it was a node but sometimes it would be like this one crack in the wall on this one map and that would be the only time you'd ever see anything like that yeah. It was like for the tutorial of how to mine, which was really weird. That was definitely a thing I disliked about second right. generation was the because it was almost useless. The, the static uh, gathering nodes that you'd go up to a crack in the wall and you'd be mining, and it wouldn't change at all. And if you were like me and you were doing, you found gathering quests really boring, you'd be kind of doing something else, and you know you'd have to look down and see the message that said nothing found, and then you'd be like, oh, did that say nothing found? I better mine yeah, that again, and uh, it goes nothing found, and. I'm not 100% if... I'm pretty sure in Try that was removed, but uh, Freedom Unite, that was definitely a thing. Yeah, so I love... Freedom Unite, you had no indication by UI that you could mine somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Or 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 that you needed to stop. (laughs) It was ridiculous. So the respawning... I lost so many pickaxes in that game. Yeah. I like that the respawning nodes fixed that, and especially that uh, on some maps, like the volcano, you had a particular room. It was Area 5 in Try that just, like, the nodes would continuously come back, so you could keep mining if you wanted to. Yep. Um, it is also the first time you saw more active bosses. <laughs> um, so, even though you really wouldn't consider Zen Moran too much of an active boss, it still attacked you more often than Leo Shun did. Oh, um, God, Leo Shun. And Alatrion. Uh, Alatrion was by far one of the most aggressive like boss monsters. It felt like an actual like other monster fight. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you could say a Cantor was considered a boss monster at one point. Um, and he was pretty active. But yeah, I mean, like there was a lot of uh, a lot of changes towards the positive. But the problem uh, and and. But there was the the water mechanic, and I mentioned before, Try is the only one that had the lighting mechanic so far. <laughs> yes, there was the only one that had dark caves. The lighting mechanic, uh, I actually which forgot to mention that. apparently that was bad enough for them to immediately remove. <laughs> that left pretty um, quickly. Yeah. yeah. 
There was an entire flame um, mechanic. That was one of the most frustrating things to do. Sorry. I say the yeah. the flame um, mechanic where if you have uh, what's counted as flame on you, that small monsters are repelled from you, except for small insects which are attracted to you, and then you can use it to light basically one room in the game, which is a cave where you fight Giganox, uh, and it's not useful yep. for much else. But uh, the uh, flame aura armor skill also had the same effect as a, a torch, which was really, really good if you were going to be running uh, an armor set that had adrenaline or heroics, because it was good for keeping the small monsters yep. off you. And uh, I, uh, with the crazy, crazy levels of mo small monster aggression and monster hunter generations, I'm actually disappointed that flame aura isn't a skill in that game, because I would absolutely equip it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... All of that, that's sort of an intro to what Try was and how we got to it. Um, so how did you guys feel about playing Try when you were there, just in general? I When 3U didn't exist? Yeah. Okay. I loved it. It was so good. <laughs> I'm a big uh, quality over quantity guy, and I was so happy that they just caught all the nonsense, like... Congolalas, <laughs> Velocidromes, all those crappy monsters, and they just sort of had this new fresh roster and all new maps, because I think even in Freedom Unite, I was playing it and I knew nothing about any of the other Monster Hunter games, but uh, those maps in there are called like <clears throat> Old Swamp and like Old Forest, and I was like, New Forests, and they, they all kind of looked equally bad. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I loved it so much, it was such a huge step up, I can't say enough nice things about it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> one thing I'd have, to, I'd have to say, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I guess the change-wise, I hear a lot that the hitboxes were were changed drastically. Um, that would have affected me throughout Fry if it was a giant square. Fighting things like uh, the Rathian, I loved ducking under the wings, going under the tail, and, 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 and chopping off the tail with, with sword and shield, so... Having a giant square as a hitbox, from what I hear from everybody else playing, fire versions would, would have just killed a lot of the gameplay for me. Mm -hmm. And then I, I agree. I think um, I think the game was very hard, especially for me. Like when I started out, I had no idea what it was doing, um, and that was one of the few things I was really able to figure out: is how do I get around this monster to survive? Because I was so bad that I couldn't really figure that out because I had watched um, Octane Blue a lot to learn what I needed to do in some ways um, but that was more like stats and stuff. I kind of learned about those things. I just didn't know how to use them or implement them. Um, so when I actually got out there in the field and I saw a giant monster coming at me I froze. I didn't know what to do and I get trashed. Hmm. Um, so <clears throat> I think if it was just a wall I think I probably would have turned away from the game because I would have... I know I was like, oh, how did that hit me? How did that hit me? And got angry all the time because the game was so hard for me. Exactly. So that definitely probably would have turned me away from the game. Um, I'm also happy that Rathlos and Raytheon had a different skeleton from the originals because, again, that would have been a very annoying thing to deal with. Um, I also am very happy on it like i i remember and like these are things that actually i was happy about when i first played the game um not just things i'm seeing looking back uh the roster as uh, dead i said 
felt huge to me because every single monster was a huge feat to get by. Um, Baroth was such a huge wall back in Tri because he had so much health. Um, and for you at the beginning, it's a very daunting task to kill him. Um, I remember playing weeks on end, or not weeks, but I remember playing at least two weeks fighting him <laughs> after, after I got home from school um, before I could actually kill him. Um, because I took breaks from the game. I know it was probably a week's worth of playing, but it yeah. was very hard to beat him. I remember I beat him with the longsword. Um, and that was when I learned, oh, longsword's completely broken in this game. But I was bad at it, so I couldn't play with it. Um, I do remember that the so optimal way to play longsword and try was to just get a full spirit gauge like the first time by like and then you wouldn't stop yeah then you just wouldn't stop because when i think yeah. when you got because your spirit gauge stayed to the field yeah when you got it full it would stay or when you did your spirit combo it would give you like infinite spirit gauge for uh, a limited period of time so the optimum longsword yep. playstyle was to tentatively and like gingerly press the x button as many times as you could or as few times <laughs> as you could and then just mash your face soon... against ore for the next like 45 minutes yep <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Um, unfortunately, I was really bad at that, um, so I ended up using the hammer. And that was how I got really far in the game. I couldn't beat her again. Um, but I definitely think that the hammer's weight, um, that overall feeling, was also what kept me going in that game. I also... I ha So I hadn't played a lot of open-world games ever at this age. Um, I just, like, I played... Uncharted games, I played Kingdom Hearts games, I played Battlefront, none of those were huge, large areas. Um, I don't think I ever played a game like that until I played Far Cry. Um, so, you know, that was never a problem for me, the uh, going to different areas. So it actually felt huge to me. Sometimes I would just go out and I would just explore because I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't aware of the potential that, you know, games had to make a full world and show it off, you know? So, to me, that was absolutely amazing. It was very cool to see all the different monsters. One thing you said there, Gog, that well, I, I wanted me, to um, mention before I forgot was um, you said that Baroth had a lot of health. It's probably worth pointing out at this point that the monsters in Monster Hunter Try have the most health of any recent Monster Hunter game since the Dark Times. That's what I'm going to call second generation. Um, <laughs> uh, I know if you talk to people, you hear a lot the, the saying that quests are... Uh, scaled for two people and uh people repeat that a lot and that game i've never seen any evidence for that but like we'll, we'll just let that fly i'm pretty sure if that is true then try was definitely scaled for four people because those guys were hard to kill yeah mm. they're also yeah. hard in the single player too which is why it was so crazy to me because i never played online i wasn't there at that time it was already closed off. oh that's a shame yeah i was gonna throw out um, there that I was going to throw out there that try anyway. really felt like you, you wanted to play with other people. I mean, the single player was great, but some of the, some of the monsters, the, the difficulty of the monsters because of the health and whatnot, just coordinating with a team of three guys just felt right in, in a try. Oh, well, that's another guys. thing that's funny. Yeah. And it's because, like, I was very... You know, like, I didn't play video games until I think I was 10 or 11. Um, I got a PS2, and I found out Santa didn't exist, so my mom was arguing with my dad for buying a PS2 from Santa. He's a spoiler. Um, and 
Oh, uh, just cover your ears. Everything's gonna be okay. We're trying to go, go back okay. and bleep that out in post. Just... <laughs> he, uh, Gog's it's my turn today, so I have yep. the power. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, like, I played Kingdom Hearts. I played War of the Monsters. Just a lot of really terrible games, or not so terrible games on PS2. Moved up to a Wii, got Mario games, found out about Monster Hunter, and played this game. And, you know, before that, I had very little experience with playing video games in general. So, I also lived out in, you know, the middle of the woods in Vermont. So that kind of makes it a little hard to play with other people. Um, especially when everyone had, you know, their uh, Super Nintendo. And I was just sitting there like, oh, that's cool. Or not the Super Nintendo, what did they have? The Game Boy Advance, that's what it was. Yeah. Everyone had the Transformers game on the Game Boy Advance, they all played against each other. You had a very specific well, childhood. I was uh, on the outside looking in. B-Cube <laughs> can attest that I used to live out in the middle of nowhere. Yes, yes. <laughs> You'd have to drive a half hour to get to the nearest town. It was Oh yeah, well you're, you're there. like middle, you're like the west, like midwest, so you have a whole bunch of nothing in between southern ohio is not that bad oh, okay central ohio is awful but it's southern, <laughs> southern ohio is hills and stuff it's like kentucky i've but, been um, there that's a whole other story yeah. um i wanted to follow on from something that bcube said there that was really good is that um the game made you want to play with uh -huh. people uh it's a probably a good point to yeah. bring up yes. that there was two methods of communication in this game the ever-popular one that everybody I know used and increased the sales of this device very well was the USB keyboard. Um, I know I bought one just mm -hmm. to use with this game, and a lot of other people I knew did as well. But um, one kind of mm -hmm. forgotten element of this game is that it was one of, I think, only two titles compatible with the Wii Speak. That is yes. correct. I think it was that and um, Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Yes. Um, oh my God. I have a bit of a peek behind the curtain on this one because I know that um, the Wii Speak was kind of a weird moment where Nintendo decided to draw a line in the sand to try and combat GameStop's um, practice of selling pre-owned games. So nobody might know this because nobody used a Wii Speak because they ended up being terrible, but there was actually a code in the box and you needed that code to activate the Wii Speak, and without the code you couldn't activate it, so if you bought one pre-owned, it wouldn't work. So that was their attempt to try and bite into the second-hand game market a little bit, and it just didn't work, because the Wii Speak was a big pile of crap. Oh man! I can attest to it because I did own one. Absolutely, I, I owned one too. Like, um, I mean, this is kind of an, an embarrassment of riches story because at the time I was a Nintendo rep, so they gave me a Wii and like all the associated accessories so that I would be knowledgeable about it, and I, I played it a lot. But I also had a second Wii that I used to bring out to shops to show games to people. So what I would do in my apartment is that I would literally have three people in my apartment with three Wiis on three televisions. And I'd post up a room request in GameFAQs, and I'd be like, hey, I've got a room that already has three people full. You know, one of you lucky folks can join me. And uh, that was that was a great time. Uh, with the, the slight cool. downside that uh, a point about the Tri network architecture is that if anybody's connection drops, you're booted basically back to the title screen and you lose everything. So that was a bit of an unfortunate thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it was. It, it was not fun. It was better than having to log in through a janky browser like you did in the PS2 version. <laughs> that was fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, 
what I was going to say is, uh, for me, um, I always say that my the, the next game in the line is the most favorite. I think Try is the exception to that rule for me. Um, so Try, I loved it until I hit end game, And that's where the 18 monsters really hurt it for me. Um, I love the new monsters. I love the new uh, models and that kind of stuff. Uh, I think Leviathans generally are my favorite monster types. Um, because I love Legaikris. Uh, Ignactor is my favorite, uh, second favorite monster. I just like the, the, the fluidity of their movement. They feel so real and so cool to me. But you, you get to the end game and I did everything you could. I completed every quest uh, in, in the Wii version and then i was done it was the first monster hunter that i dropped right after i beat everything and i didn't keep going because i felt like i did everything so many times already it was just like i'm done i have no reason to stick around um and by that time b cubed had moved on to other games along with our friend austin <laughs> uh, we were all playing smash or something else at that time so uh, yeah oh boy don't give me don't even get me started on that game. That's a whole other thing. Do not also it's even get me started. Good thing it's on a Monster Hunter podcast. But yeah, so I, you know, we had moved on to other things, and I think at that point uh, I had also picked up a PS3, which is actually how we chatted, BQ uh, and I. We actually used PS3 to chat through the PlayStation stuff before, uh, you know, so we would. We would turn on the PlayStation and switch the TV over to the Wii. God, that's um, so crazy. I heard a lot of stories, yeah. even as an as a Nintendo rep, of people who were playing Nintendo games online together, but using PS3s to communicate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, good, yeah. good job with that it Wii speak, Nintendo. A bad idea. Good job. <laughs> I, I, think, um, I think I tried briefly to use a Wii speak, but there was there was a lot of feedback from yeah. the television. Yeah. That was, uh, but that was just that yeah. killed it instantly. It was a great way to emulate so, the sound guessing, of a I'm guy guessing. doing a traffic report from inside of a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Dead Eye. I'm guessing uh, you don't work there anymore since you're bashing them. Oh, I, I'm them. I'm not bashing them. They're a fantastic company. They're wonderful to work for. I don't work for them anymore. But it's just the We Speak was not a good product. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I was just like, is he allowed to say that? <laughs> no, I think even. Even Reggie admits when something's bad on Nintendo a lot of the time. That's true. I think um, recently they had some admission of the failure of the Wii U, I believe, but from Reggie. Oh, yeah. Miyamoto was talking about that. <laughs> mm. um, like, something like that. Um, I think I mean, the only the thing Switch... they haven't admitted that, uh, that has been a failure is Star Fox Zero. I think that's the only thing they haven't admitted. <laughs> um, like with the Switch, there hasn't really been any problems for them to address besides like the storage thing with L.A. Noir and all that, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, so, is there anything else that people had to say about Try that? I actually have a list here. I can just uh, portable. Third? I can just run through I things mean, pretty quickly if you want. I was gonna hit. So oh, go, go on, Doug. Well, yeah, I do want to keep in keep in mind that we are already an hour in so uh, I, I i thought we should definitely talk about probably the elephant in the room just ge- uh, like third gen wise which is swimming yeah yeah okay yeah that's a good point i mean we didn't mention it um but 
yeah, so the swimming was the attempt to get that that z-axis in your movement. Personally, Ugh. I actually enjoyed swimming. Um, I did. I did. Um, the, the, the reason for me is that a lot of monsters that were water-based in the second generation, they were just unfightable till they landed. Uh, and specifically, mm. Plesioth. I would fail quests because Plesioth would not come out of the water. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so there was, there was points where you would have Plesioth and it's doing his wow, wow, like high pitch like squealing. And you couldn't deal does. with him in the water? And you yeah, he was in the water and you couldn't go in after him. Oh you're talking couldn't... about uh, like the earlier games. I thought you're talking about in try. Yeah. No, in try no, no. he's easy in the he's water. He's not in try. He's not. <laughs> he's in three U? He's in three U. Oh. Um Okay. I'm getting confused because I'm, yeah, I'm that... thinking about playing with Gunlance. No, he uh he was not in um he was not, yeah, not in uh, Try at all, which I thought was stupid because he was like the only thing that I was like, yes, I finally can go fight him. Uh, <laughs> but he would, uh, he always had this problem is he would f- swim back and forth, he'd pop out and he'd do his, his spray, his his jet stream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he'd pop back down, and he'd swim and swim and he'd pop up. And it was like, okay, I'm just going to dodge forever. Um, so the accepted method was to sonic bomb him out. You could throw a sonic bomb, he would pop out, and then he would jump up on the land. Well, RNG, randomness, and that kind of stuff, he wouldn't go back in sometimes. Or he wouldn't come out. Yeah. You would hit him with sonic bombs, and he wouldn't come out. So Wasn't there a specific time you had to hit him with it, though? No. No. <laughs> Not really. You just as long had to as he was in like exactly the right way. You had to be in that particular mood. I, the those quests in Freedom Unite, as well as the um, the Cephadrome quests, were quests where I felt like they should have just given you an item that was called the Infinite Sonic Bomb that you could throw forever. Because oh, without Cephadrome, without that item existing, yeah, those quests were oh, atrocious gosh. to do. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Plesioth's design. I think it's so cool. I love that monster. But fighting him in the earlier generations was just not cool. Yeah, I don't. He think, was not yeah, a good fight. I don't think there's with. a good design defense against. Hey, this is a monster you're gonna have to fight, but you're not gonna be able to fight him unless he wants to come near you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was so excited when you can swim and try. And then he <laughs> wasn't in the game, and I was like, well, okay. But I don't see why you did that. But <laughs> I mean, um, there might have been a few people who are like, he's just a fish with legs. We really need him in the new game where we're trying to have cool monsters. And then they realized, oh, it's okay. We can still have fun. Yeah. In, second, in the third he's the not, ultimate game. He's more than a fish. He's a shark. <laughs> yeah. okay, he's a shark with legs. Uh, yeah. He's basically a reverse mermaid. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but... Yeah, like, I don't know. I like the the sharkness of him, the sort of cool, like, death machine that sharks are. He definitely mm. exudes that. But um, the the other thing is, like, with the water stuff, is it was kind of cool to do some movements, but the problem that it created, and I think that's across the board, is it was, a, it was slow movement. And people don't like that, because monster hunter you're already kind of slow in perception in, in comparison to other games and to slow that movement further down and then to pitch you against something like a legiacris who can move through water like you know a seafaring creature would be able to like a fish or anything else yeah you know you kind of felt at a disadvantage but 
I think it made some of the things more fun. Um, especially hitting Legiacus' back crystals. Like, you can't do that very well unless you knock him over now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there was, it, it gave you a three dimension, a third dimension to the fight because you could now hit areas you wouldn't be able to before. Yeah, I mean, but it, aside from that, it really just didn't pan out. I don't think I even know what happens when you run out of breath in the game. I don't think it ever happened. Your health like, slowly <laughs> I don't starts know why. to decrease, and you hear a little ping. Yeah, your health like slowly depletes, and then you die. Yep. Goes, boy, 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 they were boy, very boy. generous with the oxygen, like <laughs> God talking about reverse yeah. mermaids. Yeah, so when, the, when the alarm went off, you still had like two minutes. Yeah, I, mean, I think you had a full minute. Yeah, the the crazy thing is though that like they were so cool monster designs because of that too. Um, I'm really sad to see Gobel go because Gobel, mm-hmm. I want to see what an adult Gobel is so bad. Yeah, I just yep. want to see it. I've heard you guys mention this on previous mm-hmm. podcasts, and just to expand on that for anybody who doesn't know that there was a, I think a Monster Hunter art book that said that the Gobel you fight in the third generation is the juvenile or baby form is of a, a larger juvenile. monster that like lives in the deep ocean that nobody has ever seen. Yeah. Oh. Yep. And it's like. Uh, I really want to see that. Like, if if I were to see like any sort of design unrealized, that I think I, it's the adult goal. <laughs> um, so, what what do you guys have to say about the water? Um, I think that the best way to explain it, uh, in my opinion, is that every generation had a gimmick, and the gimmick of the fourth generation is mounting, and uh, the gimmick of the third generation is swimming. I wouldn't present it as like a pro or a con. Um, I, I liked it for the yeah. most part, but I feel like the big weakness of it is that when you're facing up against a monster, you don't have the grass and the ground below you to show the distance from you to the monster. Um, and I think that's what made it confusing, is that you couldn't accurately gauge how far away you were. So like floating in the air oh, okay. near to a small monster would look the same as floating further away in the air from a, like a gold crown version of that same monster, and it made it very difficult to like know how to time your hits. And like I, I kind of cheated in this because I was playing as a lance, so I just guarded Vance until I was in the monster's armpit, and then I'd stab him till he died. But um, I think that was the weakness of swimming was just the difficulty to gauge distance in the third dimension. Other than that, it was great, um, and probably other than getting trapped by Legacris in the small area of the flooded forest and being hip checked against yeah. a, a bank. Oh, exactly. But I mean, I, I love the Cedius fight. Like the big 3D arenas, I thought were a lot of fun. But it's just that distance gauging that was too much, and like I can't think of a way they could fix that without putting in like a really on Monster Hunter like you know heads up display or like grid of every area of it and that that would just look bad so I guess I mean that that is a big weakness and like mounting doesn't have a similar big weakness so I guess it's just third three use kind of gimmick right it's okay. actually surprising to me um, to hear you say that you like Cedius's fight I'm actually curious why um I guess like I know you said because of the large area. But. Yeah, I mean I don't like the big monsters largely because like there's so little of them that you can hit, but like for Cedius you can kind of choose where to go and like you can hit him in different bits, you can break the beard, you can break the horn if you break the horn off, you can mm-hmm. carve it, which is cool. And then scattered around the place mm-hmm. there's yes. like 
um, there's places, there's Bastillas, or however you pronounce that, and then there's places you can get the Bastilla ammo, and then there's a Dragonator that you can sort of lure them around, so you have a lot of three-dimensional movement that you can do. I'm making swirling motions with my hands that nobody can see. I just thought I'd mention that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the I think the think my issues with large monsters are somewhat negated by the ability to move in three dimensions. So, like, Cedius was, like, a sweet overlap of, like, a thing I kind of don't like and a thing I kind of don't like, but the overlap is like, no, this is cool. I like this. This is fun. Yeah. Mm. I, I definitely... I was supposed to think part of that fight is that he's he's massive. In comparison to yeah. some of the other guys are going to fight in the water, so yeah, gauging your distance and and being spatially aware is you're not as worried about that with him because I actually would have to say I that was probably one of the few fights I enjoyed that I did like the gold I did like fighting the gold I had a pretty pretty good time with those two guys in the water. Everybody else, I would prefer to fight them on land. I tried whatever I could to get them to come to me. Yeah, absolutely. I would mark on yeah, my Gobel, calendar. Yeah, every time. You went and got that frog. <laughs> I would mark on my calendar when the event would come up where you got to fight Ligia Chris on land because it made him so much easier. Exactly. Even though you had to fight him in an arena with a Rathalos, like him having a Rathalos was less <laughs> difficult than him having water. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember one of the things so hammer really isn't that bad underwater which was nice yeah um but it wasn't really until three ultimate where i really felt safe which is when i started using gun lance um this was at the point where i was like eh, lance is boring i like gun lance because it explodes um and gun lance felt really good in that game uh i really liked the ability to you know move around underwater it was very maneuverable with the um kind of forward charging upswing yeah. Mm -hmm. um, especially underwater, just everything was faster. Everything, like you could just move out of every attack. It was very, very nice. Um, and like I remember times where, like I could fight Legiacris with a hammer. Um, it was like one of the first actual sets I made in Try when I was younger. Um, before I even got the ultimate, I like I learned how to fight him. It was terrifying, but I learned. Um, and, you know, like, that was after going through Try and experiencing Royal Ludroth, which is crazy because at first, you know, he's a big banana thing. That's what it looks like to me. And I'm like, huh, this is cool. And I fight him a little bit. He jumps in the water. You get down in there. He's got these big freaky glowing eyes, and he just trashes you. And that was honestly terrifying to me. And hmm. then I would go, I went back in 3U, and I had my gun lance. You know, you'd poke at him a lot, you'd slash at him, he'd tip over, and you'd blast him with wyvern fire. The whole time you just felt powerful. Um, you just felt super maneuverable, and I really liked it. Cool. So that's why I like the water. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think that wraps that up, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> from uh, Try, we, although we did not see this happen... We did not get to see this game in the U.S. Oh, sorry. Uh, Portable Third came out. Um, sorry, just before we go on from try, mm -hmm. I just had a, a quick list of things I wanted to run through that were only in this game. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so this game is the one that had um, EU and North American servers segregated. So uh, we couldn't have even played together back in those days had we known each other. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it also had a feature I loved, which was um, the hunter notes. I'm not sure what it was actually called, but I kind of called it the chopping list. But um, if you were in the blacksmith and you needed a monster part, you could point the Wii remote at the screen and drag that monster part into your notes, and the game would record yes. a record of the fact that you wanted that part for that weapon, how many you I had, remember that. and if you gathered that item in a quest, it would play a distinctive, unique noise to let you know you got it. Um, I thought that was amazing. Yes, I do remember yes. that. Um, that, that, that is also on, what you did instead amazing. of buying hunter notes. You had to go up to the menu, grab the monster, and shove it into your notes. Yeah. That was that was just kind no. of silly, like, hey, really let's dangerous. do some motion control. But the I, I loved the list. I thought the list was great. Um, yeah, you. Yeah, it was very weird to run up to a monster and have to clarify what it was. <laughs> right? Looking at it with your remote while yeah. trying to survive. <laughs> yeah, very D and D esque. You don't know what it every, is till you see it. Yep. Yeah. Every time I ran in, it would be like, okay, I need to look at it with my remote. Okay, I've done that. Now I need to paintball it. Okay, now what do I have to do? Oh, yeah, I have to get my weapons out. Oh, yeah, now I have to take my cold drink because I forgot to do that and I'm dying. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Baryoth and it's already tackled me 50 billion times and I'm fainted. Yeah. Um, because Baryoth in that game, another thing, Baryoth um, didn't have a lot of the idle uh, idols it had after combos in 3U. Um, you know, it... Uh, they were there were a whole bunch that were added in through you purely because his combos went on forever sometimes. Yeah. I do hear a lot of people say yeah. that yeah. they thought the tribe was harder than through you one. Mm-hmm. And again, he also had more health, so that didn't help. Yeah, either. yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing Tri had was um, you could get multiple uh, house upgrades, which you could decorate with furniture. And because of the online architecture, people yes. could come and visit you in your house, which is a thing I don't think we've seen since. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't believe you could. Pardon? In uh, in three U, I don't believe you could in three U. No, I'm saying in try Wait, you can. Said that. It never came back. Yeah, in three U, you could design your house, but they couldn't see it. Yeah, nobody could come see it, and um, I don't think you could upgrade it either to yep. be like you know a, a bigger house and then randomly a gigantic coastal mansion. No. Nope. Um, no, nope, you could not. Uh, one thing that was introduced in try was uh, talismans, which we already talked about, and yeah. the, the birth of the auto guard talisman. Uh, which I think is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in Try as well, there wasn't... I mean, for Gunlance, it was great. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I could shell without worrying. <laughs> we'll probably get to that in the, the portable third one. But um, in this game as well, they hadn't mm-hmm. refined down the skill system where 10 points automatically equaled a skill. So in Try, uh, you needed 15 points to get Handicraft. And anything below 15 didn't do yeah. anything. Which, uh, when you're trying to explain to people how... I believe... I believe they. I think Handicraft was still 15 and 4. No, it? it was. I think it was changed to 10 and 3. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, sorry? I was going to say, were familiars added in Try? Yeah, no. No. So, mm-hmm. um, the felines were the first iteration, and, and they were, in they were introduced to. Uh, you get one in Freedom Unite. Okay. Um, then you got uh, Shaka Laka. Cha cha, cha cha. Yeah, we, yeah he was a he was a Shaka Laka, um, which was a weird, obscure monster to fight in Freedom Ultimate. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> yep. He had a he had a spit. He basically had a well done steak. He had a roaster. barbecue hat. Uh, that's yep. the king Shaka Laka. He had a barbecue spit for a hat. Wasn't um, he like human size? And it was really no, weird. he was not. He was half of the human size. Yeah. What? He was <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness. He's a half um, 
I remember uh, the difficulty yeah, with him was but, that uh, he did incredibly high damage, but almost no knockback. So he'd kind of hit you once, you'd lose 60% of your health, and you wouldn't move. And then he'd just hit you immediately again, and you're dead. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, <laughs> and then he would light you on fire with his barbecue. He was tough. But uh, <laughs> um, no, so like, you, you, got, uh, you got the different system with uh, Cha-Cha. Um, which actually, I really don't like Cha Cha. Like, uh, the hell is wrong. With strongly you? disagree. <laughs> because the cats, the cats are better, by far. Fortwan, I think the, you are actually me c- on opposite day. I like, I liked their, I liked the Shakalaka UI better. Honestly. Yes, I did. I did too. The UI? I not the UI, the AI. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I liked the the way you could customize them. I thought it was really cool. Um, the way that they had uh, the music, which were like their buffs, which were kind of like the hunting horn, um, mixed with your ability to give them the different helmets, um, which was really cool, especially with yeah the masks, which is really cool, especially with like the uh, the cannon one. Um, that thing could kill. A low rank Arzuros, which was beautiful. <laughs> well, the reason why I like the cats, you can dress up the cats. The uh, cats also you can have two, which you could eventually in three U. Um, and you couldn't in for uh, Freedom Ultimate, so that wasn't a thing until recently. You could have two. But also you get to give them their weapons and you get to get customize their skills now. So you can have healing skills and all that kind of stuff, just as much as you could just give the Chacha a mask. Mm-hmm. You can customize um, the Chachas pretty nicely as well. Yeah, I, but um, I mean, I don't like the felines as companions for the same reason I don't like Yankaku as a monster. Like, at least the Shakalak is like, okay, it's kind of a weird goblin dwarf thing and it has a head, but you never see the head and it wears all <laughs> these different masks. It's super good. Like, the design meeting for the felines were like, okay, it's a cat and let's break for lunch. Good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how dare you? McCaff. That is like a Monster Hunter staple. Just because it's like, I love yeah. Monster Hunter. I think it's one of my favorite game series of all time. It is not perfect by any means, and felines as oh, companions no, it's not are perfect. just lazy. It's a cat, and it's standing up, and that's all it is. I am so sad that Chaka never came back, because felines are garbage. I'm sure we can all agree. No. <laughs> I have to second no, that. I did want the return of Chacha. Uh, BQ, no, I, the the shock and lock has weird me out. Uh, probably because I encountered them before they were a thing in the third generation. Oh yeah, where they were enemies. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I like the cats. Um, I don't know. I like. Well, the... then, how do you think I felt when I had to fight mailings all the time and they were annoying, and then I got a cat, and I was like, "All these things are assholes to me. Why do I want to?" Like, I mean, that's a, that's a that's, that's a that's exactly pretty... how you were with Chocolates. I I think we really need to cut back on the sweeping generalizations here. Okay. All right. <laughs> Not all cats are mailings. All right. <laughs> I know. Then there's the normal felines, but they're still mean so if you like <laughs> if you like smacked a melee next to them they're like well if you buddy and then they attack you too <laughs> if someone smacks your friend with a giant hammer do you think you're just gonna let that but it was a melee it was the other ones that were mean Th- are you saying still, like all with it gog i think i think we need to have a sit down you're really just like 
you're not being really uh, am I, sensitive am I, to am the I cat felonist? Race. Yeah. Am I felonist? Yes, you're being very felonist. Mm. I don't think we I can mean, have this. Are, are you saying that black and white cats can't be friends? <laughs> <laughs> you're saying that all shakalakas are bad just because you didn't like one. I said they were g- disgusting. I didn't say bad. We, we can't. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. We can't decide for this decisively. Like oh, sorry. Go on, be cubed. For me, it was like those same felines were robbing me and blowing me up. We didn't hear what you said. And now they want to be my friend. It just didn't work for me. Something happened. I wanted to play with Discord Shaq. With, 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 uh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh. I was just going to say that we can't decide this decisively, you know, for the history of Monster Hunter going in all directions. But on a podcast where there's four no. people and three of them say one thing and Fortune is wrong, I think we've come to a consensus. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. He's quiet I mean, now. Uh, I'm, I'm quiet because I'm trying to think how to respond. Not that I've. Not it's that okay. I'm it's that okay. I think we should move on. Yeah. I think we should say Pudgies are confirmed, and let's just be happy. You know what? Let's move on and be happy together. <laughs> no felonism. No shakalakalism. I don't know how to say that. No. Yeah, I, I don't think you could definitively say either one is better. No moofism. No pudgism. Pugism. Okay. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> All right. So. Him or her or it or whatever they want to be called. <laughs> moving, moving on. Um, so portable third, which is, uh, it, it's kind of hard to describe for people who don't know. But when Try came out, they didn't immediately end the PSP line of games. They did sort of a side upgrade inside of the third generation called Portable Third, um, and it was suppo- it was it was like third generation except but they were trying not. to fix things well i don't think they, they were brought back f- weapons that were missing in try like the dual blades the hunting horn the gun lance um and they also the uh they removed water because people didn't like it um they also no had... no, no, no 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 you're 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 that is straight up wrong they no didn't problem. have water because the psp couldn't handle it oh I thought they did it after because they didn't. Oh, okay. The, no, they were the, the the PSP was like, no, we can't. We're 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 maxing it out at this point. I didn't point. know that at all. Yeah, so they. I mean, it probably didn't help that the game was. Fit. No, they didn't. If they were fixing taking out the water, they wouldn't have had it in three ultimate. No, I was saying that it, uh, like, it doesn't surprise me, like, just because of that, but also because you know they had like the ability to upscale the game to HD for the PS3. Yeah, no, so they, they were didn't change. On they didn't change else, yeah. anything when it came yeah. to the PS3 version. So I think I am the only one here that played Portable Third, right? Well, I did. I dabbled. Okay. I did, well, I, I, I did, did do all the village at least. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I beat uh, Amatsu. Uh, yeah, Amatsu. Name? Yep. Yeah. Amatsu. Um, um, so I did beat him, and I did play a little bit of offline, uh, on online, offline basically mm-hmm. the online mode by myself um so i did play a bit of it but it's the first game that i had to import and it was fully in japanese um i did mm-hmm. import uh 2g which is freedom ultimate um but i did use a battery to translate that um mm-hmm. and i'm sure we'll get into the that whole spiel with the uh, generation 2 talk um <laughs> but portable third um actually was uh the first time that you saw Zenogre, so Zenogre was the big 
sort of deal. And Portable Third is also where you see in Generations the, uh, I don't remember the name of the village, but the Japanese-inspired one that uh, Mitsume uh, Yukomo. Yeah, Yukomo Village. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it was theme, also, sorry. The, the, that starter armor is my favorite. The the very colorful, like, rice hat. Yukomo armor is beautiful. Yeah. It is my favorite starting armor set of any Monster Hunter so far. It's just I also so like cool. the hammer they give you. It's a drum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh it was a very different field of the game. Um mm-hmm. it was very focused on the Japanese sort of uh aesthetic versus, you know, their own aesthetic that they've been doing in Monster Hunter. So mm-hmm. it was a really unique game at the time, you know, like a lot of uh cherry trees and that kind of stuff that you see mm-hmm. in Japan. Um so Zenogre was unique, Amits uh was unique unique in that. Um the, you know, there's a couple of unique monsters. They, uh, but they did, as we did mention, they did take out the water. Um, and it was strange because you can actually see those maps that were in Portable Third in Generations mm-hmm. because there isn't swimming. So the uh, deserted island, um, the way that is now in Generations and Double Cross is what it was in Portable Third. Um, yeah, so you it, just it didn't straight go up could the full water areas. Yeah, you, you just straight up couldn't go to there. Um, Another, Another thing, thing is that was, the oh. flooded forest wasn't flooded. It was ankle deep water across everything. Which yeah, you could go to, to all me, the different areas, correct? Yeah, you could. Uh, it was just like drained. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it made it a very different map. Um, now here's the thing: flooded forest, uh, even though it is underwater and that kind of stuff, it to me is the coolest looking map in the whole history of Monster Hunter for for hmm. me personally. Um, and that's with water. Without water, it's very different. It's still cool, but it's very different. You don't get that sort of like... Uh, I, I really like that sort of underwater, freshwater aesthetic that you get for those essentially bad areas transitioning into the cave. Um, but if you pop up above the water and look, it's like this beautiful lush jungle around you. You don't even notice. Um, you do get to see that um, that sort of like just grandness um, when it is drained in those areas. And it's really weird. Um, another thing is the Slagoth, the, the giant sort of like jowled herbivores were uh, unique to Portable Third also. Oh, really? Yeah. And then and they went on to four Ultimate and four yeah. and Generations. <laughs> yeah, so there was a lot of things slightly different with the game. But aside from really big... the new monsters, and Zenogre was a huge one. Zenogre, everyone loves Zenogre. <laughs> He's a cool fight. Um, yeah. he, Another uh, really big thing. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to say, he's he's very um, uh, a very iconic monster for having like roots in a game that we didn't even get. Um, now, we did get him in 3 Ultimate um, later on, which was I was excited for people to fight him. But it was sort of like a very self-contained game. Um, and there was a lot of problems that it had, not only with the... It, it, part of the problem is it didn't get localized because of all this crazy online infrastructure stuff with Sony and that kind of stuff. And so it just sort of fell through. And then um, up until Monster Hunter World, that was the last time we saw it on a Sony system. Uh, an- another really big thing that I wanted to say was also that there are uh, it had subspecies, which is very unique for this game not being an ultimate version of another game. Um, 
I'm pretty sure Portable s Second basically had the subspecies thing. Am what? I what? Are you doing that? Freedom Unite? No, um, would that be considered Portable Second? No, uh, Portable Second, um, you know, it, I, don't, I don't know if Freedom Was it G too. that had the first subspecies? I didn't think there was a hard and fast rule yeah, I mean, with subspecies. Yes, the original G. Just mostly that monsters don't tend to have subspecies in the same game they appear in, except for Glavinus. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in uh, Portable Third, Stygian Zenogre existed when Zenogre was introduced, which was a huge thing. Um, I think they also did. Have, I think they had. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, they had Purple Royal Ludroth. They had a fair amount of monsters that were from Tri that also had subspecies alternatives, which was interesting. The big butt. It was uh, almost like it was. were introduced. Uh, Lagambi, Azuros, and uh, Falmadon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The. Uh... Yeah. Well, I don't yeah, know Tigrex was in the game. Brute Tigrex was in the game. Durambros, I think, as well. It was a very nice, well-rounded roster, which was very unique at the time, anyway. One thing mechanically I thought was interesting about that game is that that is the one game, I think, where the Auto Guard Talisman was considered to be widely useful, because for some weird reason, even though Auto Guard is only supposed to normally proc when you're idle walking or idle standing, it could proc during the recovery of a gunlance shell, which meant if you had auto guard talisman on and you were a gunlancer, which I'm sure God can speak to in greater detail, that apparently it was, you know, like having guard points or lance counters. Yeah, it was very interesting. It's like, oh, somebody's going to attack me, I'm just going to shell. <laughs> it was very cool, because shelling has almost no, you know, uh, startup. It's just kind of, and that's it. You hit the button, your shell explodes. Um, I'm pretty sure that still existed a little bit in Try. I think. It actually was still a thing in Try. It would be hard for it to be a thing in um, Try without Gunlands being in Try. That, that's true. It might have been 3U that I'm thinking of. Or it might have been specifically 3rd, but, um... I'm pretty sure it was only in 3rd. I remember it... It was only in 3rd? Okay. Yeah. Well then, I do remember it for the few times that I used Gunlands in that. Um, I swear, I tried to do it in 3 ultimate that might have been why I got confused about it but um yeah it's it's a very cool thing to do <laughs> it's really useful because i i hadn't been able to i think i might yeah i used uh, brave gunlance before i i tried portable third so the ability to guard point was so cool um with that weapon um with the full reloaded stuff and Going back to that game, which was much older, you know, you didn't have all the the styles, you didn't have arts, you didn't even have the ability to hop off a ledge. I mean, you could, but it was like slow recovery, it was very slow, you climbed slow. The game felt very slow, but the ability to shell as a block was crazy. Okay, so I just looked it up. There was no Stygian Zenogre in Portable 3rd. What am I talking about? I'm getting so much wrong right now. Um, oh, I thought you so I thought you were saying that there it was introduced in 3U, and it was like the first Western one, so it was weird for the West. Yeah, the yeah, three... at the same time. I assume that's what you That's, mean. yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, he was in 3U, and I was like, I'm pretty sure 3U is his first appearance. Um, it's also uh, something to note that Nibelsnarf 
was the first appearance of him also. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But he was called the... Whatever he's called. <laughs> Japanese, which just starts with an H. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah. Uh, but all of that aside, I don't think... Portable Third had a lot to note, at least for, especially for us here. Um, it did introduce some of the more, some more iconic monsters like Zenogre. Um, and it, it, it was the first time that we did see variants um, for those, the third generation. But we didn't really, uh, you know, we basically everything that you saw in 3 Ultimate, as far as like uh, subspecies go, aside from Stiggy and Zenogre, um, did appear in Portable Third, um, so the Jade Baroth, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not seeing, uh, which is weird. I'll have to look at it again. Um, I'm not seeing uh, Savage Devil Joe or anything like that either. I am not sure if Savage was in that game. No, I think that might have been introduced in Three Ultimate. Yeah, um, and also I'm actually not seeing Devil Joe on that list. No, Devil Joe. Uh, he's in that game. game. He's in that game. Portable third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. He I was mean, in yeah, that I game. would assume he is. Just, I this maybe this list doesn't include him. I remember horrifiedly but, watching yeah. videos of really bad players being able to solo Devil Joe and thinking, "What has the world come to?" <laughs> he was no Devil Joe was in try for sure. But he, oh yeah, he was in try, but he was also in third though. Yeah, you had like Oregon and still Oregon in third, and I think. Portable third. Ignactor, yeah, Steel and Glacier. Yeah. yeah, he was definitely there. And Glacier, um, Ignactor. Yeah, yeah, I think Glacier Ignactor was in there. Yeah. I can't remember. This is this is a lot of us going. Hmm, was this in there? Maybe. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> it was a Japanese release that yeah. I played in Japanese to about halfway through the game. Yeah. In all honesty, I might I might end up cutting out a lot of this just to be able to say the overall thing that is you know like I'll, I'll use a lot of this conversation but I feel like a lot of it can be taken out to basically oh, say you yeah, know, we're not sure yeah. a lot of it but we did play some of it yeah Devil yeah. Joe was there he wasn't in that initial list mm-hmm. that's all um, yeah so um, another thing uh, well actually I for me, I think Portable Third. That's about it. Aside from mentioning that it was, uh, it didn't end on the PSP. It did. Portable Third did get a PS3 HD upgrade, which mm-hmm. um, at the time was the first. No, I don't know. I don't know if Three U came out before the HD upgrade or not. Um, I believe Three Ultimate was after because there was a very large hiatus between Try and Three Ultimate. Yeah, I'm it probably did come out to PS3 before. Uh, 3U came out to the Wii U. It definitely did. Um, so it would be the first HD Monster Monster Hunter game. Um, mm-hmm. Which, eh, that's how I played it. So I imported, imported the PS3 version because PS3 was not region locked. Mm-hmm. Um, and So that's how I played it. Um, and it looks good. It looked pretty good for the time. But you have to understand it was upscaled from a PSP game, so not everything looked great. I uh, mean, I, I, I played it in 60 FPS and HD, and I thought it was absolutely beautiful, but that, that also... That's a total different environment. 
So <laughs> if you're you're emulating it, that's a total different way. Oh yeah, that was an HD. Yeah, it was being put into a computer and looked nice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's entirely <laughs> handled entirely different. Um, so, uh, but with that hiatus of sort of this weird sort of like side upgrade in the series, then we get the the massive update that it was uh, three ultimate. Um, and three ultimate not even not just brought in some new monsters like the Brachideus and that kind of stuff, but. Uh, we now had every single weapon up to that point added into it. Um, mm-hmm. it we didn't mention in Try was the first time you saw the Switch Axe. Um, yeah. Um, so you had all 14, right? 14? Yep. Uh, no, this point. was not including the... So I, Try the number, had... The number gets Try had mixed 11 up 11 weapons. Mm-hmm. Three, you had 12. I think because they had the medium... Oh, it was 12 because the medium bowgun existed. Yeah, it was the um, max up until... So 14 is what we ultimate, have now. 12 3 is ultimate, what they it have. was 11... Oh, no, no, no. It was... Oh, no, try it was much less because it was also missing the deal blades and the gun lance and the hunting horn. So that means that there was a lot less weapons. Because there was 10... 9 weapons... I don't know. Anyway, there was definitely, like, there were multiple weapons removed in Try, but they did add the Switch Axe. They also had the medium bowgun um, in 3U and in Portable 3rd. Um, the ability to have a medium bowgun no longer existed, um, and they had added back in the dual blades, the gun lance, and the hunting horn for a total of. 12 weapons. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, um, the gunning system in Try was crazy complicated, and you had to assemble your own bowgun yes. while walking up a hill each way to go to school in your bare feet, and each individual piece <laughs> yeah. had to be individually upgraded, and each one had different weapon loads and recoils and different ranges, and actually bowguns quite long a bit story in Try. Short, bowgunning, bowgunning. <laughs> long story short, bowgunning in Try was not the funnest thing or most fun thing, and medium bow gunning was unheard of and stupid. I mean, if I can say a yeah. statement I think nobody's um, going to have any issue with, is that if you scrubs think that bow gunning is hard now, you have no idea what you missed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially World, the improvements they've made on are crazy, in my opinion. Yeah, as an The ability OG... to move, being part of that, like, that's almost sad how that's like such an advancement for us <laughs> say as an og bow gunner from gen one no one has any idea <laughs> <laughs> um uh so it's it's important to note that there was technically only 10 weapons in um the the try because bow gun is treated as one it was just oh, yeah. you were light medium or heavy um so yeah, it was just great sword, sword and shield, hammer, lance, switch axe, long sword, and then bow gun, and then bow gun was just acted differently depending on the weight. Um, so there's that. So three ultimate um, brought everything back. Um, so we were at the full twelve at that point. Yeah, because it brought the last three weapons back and it split bow gun back up to heavy and light. No. What? Wait, why am I... Really? I'm pretty sure... No, it did. You're right. Yeah, it split them up into the both. Yeah. So we got rid of medium. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bogunic um, went from being a doctor. I was like, I can't be wrong about this, can I? <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, back to the uh, original way. Um, and Bo coming back to, which was nice. Um, oh, yes, there was another one that was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, three ultimate not only brought back the weapons, but like I said, we got the, the different monsters. We got a lot more large monsters. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it was the most large monsters uh, in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, not only because we got some, but we actually got some new uh, variants. Uh, I call them variants, but subspecies also. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, the Lucent Narga, the Abyssal Agaicris. Stygians like and Ogre. Yeah, um, the I do believe the Rustor Ambrose was new for this one. Yep. Um, Savage Devil Joe, all sorts yes. of stuff. Uh, so there was a lot more quests, and that comes with G Rank, which was uh, the first time you guys would have saw G Rank being third geners, uh, aside from uh, aside from uh, Shady Hitchhiker here, who did play in Free uh, Freedom Unite. Um, that was that had G Rank also. Mm-hmm. Um. So G-Rank has always been sort of a big deal. If no one knows what that is, you have low-rank quests, high-rank quests, and G-Rank is the third tier of quests. Um, B-Cubed, I know that you had barely got into G-Rank before we stopped playing through you. Mm-hmm. I know you got there, um, but I, I know that we didn't play too much into it. Yep. Um, so basically, through you was like the bigger, badder, and better try. Um <laughs> But it just had a lot more content, which I think really saved the game for me, which made 3U to that point my favorite series uh, game in the series. Um, it brought it back for me. I would say that like I didn't really count Portable 3rd since it wasn't a U.S. release, and I didn't really care for Portable 3rd more or less than I did for Try. Um, but I also didn't finish Portable 3rd, so there's that. Um it was uh, oh, and we also got Goldbeard Ciudas. I forgot about that one. Yep. Um, oh yeah. Which Gold? Yeah, uh, yeah, and Dire Malat. They did get rid of Amatsu from third. They never brought him over for the new game. Well, surprising. technically, they didn't get rid of him. It's oh yeah, weird. but they didn't bring him over. Yeah, they didn't for... bring him over. Yeah. Um, we did get the slag off though. We got basically everything but Amatsu. Um, it's it was it was a fun time. Uh, it was it was an interesting environment because um, it was announced that it was going to come out for the Wii U before the Wii U launched. Um, so a lot. So like when I went to go get my Wii U, and people were asking me like, "Well, why are you getting a Wii U?" And I said, "Well, I'm getting a Wii U for Zombie U. I'm getting it for uh, Mario, and I'm getting it for the inevitable Smash Brothers and Monster." <laughs> and people are like. You're getting a for, what was that last one? Monster Hunter. It's like I was at a GameStop trying to pre-order Monster Hunter, and they're like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Just go in your computer, write me down for it. I know you. I know it's there." And it's like, "Nah, I never heard of that." And I'm like, "Just can I just pre-order it, please?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I pre-ordered it from them, uh, but you know, a lot. Of, it didn't have a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, screen time, you know, like advertisement as Try did. I don't remember hardly any advertisements to 3U aside from, you know, in gaming sites, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, Wii U just didn't have the following anyway to really push it along. 
so that just all kind of sucked. But that doesn't mean like that the advertisements would have been worse. It's just that also didn't help its cause. Yeah, it's it's funny to note that we're talking about advertising. Um, so I looked at the the wiki just now to just confirm that weapon stuff earlier. And the backdrop, so Wikias always have, like, here's the latest game that we're advertising. It's actually advertising Monster Hunter World right now. Hmm. So it actually is on theme for once when I'm looking at Monster Hunter stuff. (laughs) 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 Um, But, I mean, aside from, like, all that stuff that came into 3 Ultimate, I feel like not a lot for that changed. Now, I will say this. I was... During the time of 3 Ultimate being out is when I became a moderator of uh, r slash Monster Hunter. So, um, I was very heavy into the series from the beginning, but this is like when I started paying attention to other people and playing online purposely and that kind of stuff. Um, no one probably remembers this, but I actually started like a, hey, let's play with the mods thing um, on our Monster Hunter that no one showed up to. Literally. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's um, probably due to your inferior uh, opinions on felines and kazus and stuff. <laughs> no one knew about any of those opinions. Um. Uh. But <laughs> the, there's uh, it was it was a it was a uh, a time where I was like really really into the series. Um. I think. Gosh. Uh. As far as like the Wii U. Tr- uh. I, it was the most game I uh, most I played a game. Now I did play a lot with B Cube here, uh, my brother and Austin. Um, but at this point, I was far enough ahead of them that I was mostly soloing what I was going through at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, up until then, it was pseudo playing with my brother, but I ended up soloing still uh, towards the end. Um, this one is like the Abyssal Agigris. Losing Narga, all that stuff. It was just me by myself doing it. Um, And this is the last game in which I was a hammer user. Um, So I was a hammer. I was a hammer bro from Gen two through Gen three. And you died on us. Well, gave up the cause. (laughs) I wanted to cut tails, and for you offered. Don't need tails for hammers, except for Bracky. But yeah, that's another. Yeah. you need tails because you need plates. Just for Bracky? No. Ah, you could you, you could brute force it. You could kill enough Rathalos with a hammer. You can get a plate out. E- of them. Every percentage counts. <laughs> um, In all honesty, um, there was there was a time where I went back to tr- uh, to three ultimate for a while because I needed to. I wanted to get the azure armor. I'd never actually gotten it before. Yeah. And I went back and I was like. After this, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna you know use a cutting weapon and cut all these tails. And I was using long sword. I used dual blades. I used switch axe. And I was cutting the tails off left and right. Couldn't get anything. I finally said f this. I used a hammer, and I got um or sorry, this was high rank, so I got two gems, wrath gems, um and then a third azure gem in the awards mm. with no tail. And I was like. I'm good. I feel good about this. <laughs> and that was kind of what let me be okay with using a hammer. Um, I also I love the ability that it has to exhaust and KO things. Um, unfortunately, you know, in Double Cross and Generations, that's, you know, 
much less useful due to hyper monsters and in double cross everything just being so overpowered um, in resistance to it and the positioning of their heads but that's a whole other thing one big thing Try i don't know if you know gog is that um in monster hunter try the uh stun value that you did to monster's head was multiplied by your weapon sharpness so purple sharpness and try was oh, broken was. as all hell and then when you come into 3u and you start <laughs> hammer using after using try you're like wow hammer's got bad mm. i'm really excited to use hammer in worlds but again Focused on Gen Three. Well, I don't know. Are, I are we focused though? Up, are, we? are we focused? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we are. I don't know. I think we're pretty focused, aside from the the feline hate. Uh, <laughs> I did want to say I looked behind the curtain. Um, I can't remember who said it to me, but um, when I was leaving Nintendo, I think it was before the uh, 3DS launched. Someone in Nintendo told me that uh, if I really liked Monster Hunter, which I had been talking about that I really did, that I should pick up a 3DS because that the next Monster Hunter game would be mm. on the 3DS pretty soon, uh, you know, within the little bit of time after the 3DS launched. For anybody who yeah, doesn't awesome. know, the 3DS launched in Europe March of 2011. Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate released March of 2013. I can't remember who that person was, mm. but they were not telling me the truth. I bought a console <laughs> for a game that I did not have on that console for the next two years. For two years. Almost I mean, yeah, people do that all the time, though. I mean, it, like, everyone bought PS4s for games, and you didn't have anything for two years, so... Mm. Yeah, but <laughs> you didn't have a company insider telling you that it was a good time to make a purchase. That's no. also true. But I also didn't buy it at launch, either. I waited that two years. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Circle Pad Pro that I bought for cheap in a supermarket because they were selling them. I think it was about a year before 3 Ultimate came out, nice. and I kept it in a box for a year until that game came out because I had nothing else to play it on. But um, I remember a, a big thing for me was when they released the 3 Ultimate demo on 3DS. I was like, oh, thank God, finally. I've been waiting for this game for so long. Like, <laughs> the gap between Try like and 3 Ultimate. You blew the dust off your 3DS. Oh, I, I love the 3DS. I played it a lot, but I mean, I just, I, I bought it as a Monster Hunter machine and I didn't have Monster Hunter. But yeah. I, I downloaded that demo and I was so happy to see all the weapons from Freedom Unite in an actually good game. Um, and, like, mm. I played the hell out of that demo. I actually. I can link it to you in the chat, but I actually made myself a little spreadsheet to track if I could, because the, there was two demo monsters. There was the Lagambi and there was the Plesioth. And uh, you couldn't yep. really access the menus in the demo, but you got, uh, you got notices for how much time was left as the quest time was ticking yeah. down. So I tried to beat it within the best time with every single weapon. And um, nice. my first impression from the demo, having used all the weapons from Freedom Unite, was, uh, holy crap hunting horn is brokenly good now because uh I, <laughs> I don't know if fort one did much hunting horning back in freedom unite but that was a garbage awfully implemented weapon so bad um, it was yeah i did uh because a lot of people were like oh it ko's better and i'm like so like <laughs> there's got two moves <laughs> yeah luckily Why later they gave it more um they gave it more strength uh you know um motion value wise compared to the hammer like overall it had moves that were a little bit stronger um but then you had the hammer with its you know 
first single pound, and then the gulf swing, and its charged wet, uh, charged moves that let really helped it along in that case. I was purely talking about the song yeah, mechanic, I... because in um, Freedom Unite, you basically had to go into a stance, so you'd be running around, and then you'd go stance, and you'd be like, stance, 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 first note, stance, 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 mm -hmm. second note, stance, 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 third Jeez. note, and then, you know, if you weren't already dead, you go, stance, 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 play song, get the buffs. So I went into the three ultimate demo, I swung yeah. the weapon, I got a note, and I was like, oh my god, this changes everything. This is going to be the most broken exam yeah. of all time. <laughs> and then nobody used it. Yeah. It's yeah. sad, too, because I think it is a really well-rounded weapon overall. I think it's a really good weapon. I have it on good and, authority. You know, when people were like... Oh, sorry, go on. Uh, when people were like, oh, it didn't gain anything in world, I was like, the fact that you can store recitals is honestly broken. <laughs> because the weapon is so well-rounded. I think it's a really well-designed weapon overall with the uh, the way that its hitboxes are on its movement. Um, I think it is much better at KOing compared to the hammer's hitboxes, honestly. And I thought it um, would see more play in parties. I thought for party mm. play, if you're going to play with friends and whatnot, I mean, the buff I mean, I, for the group would be great. When I was trying to make the Steel Urigan armor and try uh, 3 Ultimate, um, I remember getting the ability to make Steel Urigan's hammer and then using that to basically destroy Steel Urigan to the point that I got all the pieces I needed, like the gem, so I could make his full armor for gun lancing. Hmm. Because just the way that you could swing the... the uh, you know, the backswing was completely broken because of the amount of KO it had, so it was really useful because you could just turn, you could spam it over and over again at its chin, and once he broke his chin, it was all over for him because he could just keep KOing and KOing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like we should get into the the world speak at the end real quick, just because I feel sure. like we focus a lot on this. Um. There wasn't uh, anything else you wanted to say about 3U, Deadeye, or b cubed. I was just curious, um, since we're, we're talking about uh, 3U, what were everybody's least favorite monsters? <sighs> hmm. Benabra? It's a close tie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a close tie between Cedius and, um, what was this? Uh, Baleful Giganox. Because Baleful Giganox was just annoying because of the paralysis. And then Cedius, to me, was really boring and slow, so I didn't like fighting. Now, are you talking specifically large monsters? Large monsters. What's wrong with the large monsters? Alright. <laughs> um... I don't know. I don't like Volvodon that much. What the hell is wrong with you? Um, I call him Balvadon, by the way. <laughs> um, not that... Like I said, I, I still stand by the fact that I love every monster. I think Volvodon, though, is... He, I, I, like, I, like, I like him, but he's too easy. Huh. That's my biggest problem with him, is I feel like he needs to have a little bit more health. Um... I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but there's a video out there of someone literally shadow boxing between two hunters shadow boxing a Volvodon back and forth. 
Hmm. Have you seen this? So you can, so um, you can hit him out of his role yeah. if he's in low enough law uh, or into a role or something like that. Basically, he's at a low enough threshold. You're you're staggering him with a, the lowest hit, right? And he's got such a low stagger when he's close to dead or something. I don't, I don't know what the situation was, but I think it's a, one of the one of the mad videos if you have ever seen them. <laughs> They are literally shadow boxing him back and forth. They're just standing awesome. there, and he's ping ponging between the two hunters. <laughs> and it's just like that is just that is just sad, Volvadon. You really need to pick yourself up. <laughs> Volvadon is so annoying, though. He's such a like. He's just so weird and crazy. All the moves he can do, um, it's really unexpected. Especially generations is the first time you were able to mount him, and if he was enraged. Goodbye, trying to like say goodbye to trying to mount him because he would constantly he'll he'll turn his head and then he'll swing his tongue out and he'll flip around and then he'll do the same thing over and over again and he will not stop. It's almost impossible to mount him when he's in rage. Um, I also think a lot of his moves are just crazy and weird and it's just awesome. He doesn't even make sense. He's like, oh, I'm kind of a bug thing and I I roll up in a ball and I crap farts out of my body and I have a paralysis thing coming out of my throat and I have a weird tongue and my stomach's soft and my back's hard and I don't know what the heck I am but I'm here and I can dig in the ground. I mean he's pretty much just an armadillo. But like he's like everything. <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird. It's all an armadillo. I mean I, I, I maybe don't know the if tongue. I've seen an armadillo with paralysis. Um, they, and they also carry, a gooey they, stomach. They carry leprosy. Ooh. That is true. Um, that's. <laughs> that, I was. I was not expecting that to be part of this conversation. They do. It's. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Um. Well. I'm, and I'm going to Texas note, here soon. So wish fun. me luck. <laughs> yeah, don't get leprosy. I mean, for now, but still. <laughs> Oh man! Drive <laughs> safely, don't get leprosy. So, so Dead Eye, what was your uh, least liked? I'm fight? kind of like you when it comes to loving all monsters, but really only within the specific confines of Three Ultimate. Um, I just, mm. I just tend to not like the lazy second gen subspecies. So, like, you know, Kongalala and then Green Kongalala, and he's basically the same, and Kezu and then Red Kezu and he's basically the same. Um, so the only one of those mm. that's really in three ultimate is the green Nargakuga. Uh, he's just kind of yeah. That's insane. what I was gonna say. Yep. Uh, he's the lazy. Well, yeah, Rust- double tail whip. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Ru- uh, Ambrose is pretty much the same too. Yeah. Yeah, but Rustor Ambrose was just awesome because he, well, he was massive. Bigger. Yeah. <laughs> he was huge. Yeah, it's like here's a gravia sized monster. Here's a subspecies that's bigger. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just liked him visually. Um, I think that's why I liked him so much. Yeah, it was yeah. enough for me. Ruster Ambrose does like have a little bit of that second gen laziness, but I, I do like it when they take the monsters and they like drastically change the elements. So like you know, Agnactor to Glacial Agnactor is super cool, and like uh, I, I like oh yeah, I like Lucent Nargacuga and I like Abyssalagiacris, but just like just the the second gen laziness is is the stuff I don't like. The- the one that surprised me was the Sand Barrieth. That one was like, holy crap, there's a giant tornado. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and they're all moving around, and you're freaking out. Like yeah. that, like RNG, that thing would either destroy you or not, just depending on whether you were staying in the right place for the tornadoes to crush you when you're trying to hack at them. And then the he, way he whips around that tornado and comes mm -hmm. at you like a freaking bullet. <laughs> when you still had tornadoes around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely made you play bullet right, in the desert. <laughs> um, BQ, what was yours? We all answered it. It would be Giga Nats. Okay. Um, that, that particular monster, I'm a very aggressive fighter and, and, and monster hunter, and having to run from poison and the, the different explosions, plus it was like a creepy factor for me. It was a very creepy looking monster. You, I, you couldn't tell head from tail very well. Yeah, so. you, you do get creeped out by a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Giganox. I thought he was such a cool fight. Keeping up the egg sacs. Oh, it was disgusting. <laughs> oh, it was great. And like, I'm a, I'm a very squeamish person, but like playing through Try and seeing the intro part where you literally have to fight him in the dark in a cave. And all you can see is him glowing. And there's these weird, squirmy little worms that pop up and they're grabbing onto you and they have all these teeth. And <laughs> I remember just being like, this is actually horrifying and I'm not sure I can play this anymore. Uh, and the, and the uh, baleful one that lays eggs on his own back. Oh, and it puts it on its back, dude. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then it had the paralysis timer. That was the worst thing. It sat on his back and you were like, you you have fun trying to hack this thing off my back before I paralyze you and then kill you immediately because I'm G rank. Yeah, I thought that was really cool though, and uh, how different it made well, the fight. It wasn't always G rank, but still. It's like someone saw Giganox mm -hmm. and they were like, "Okay, can we make a good case?" How do we make this worse? <laughs> <laughs> I like him more than Kezu. I will say that. I I can't. Unfortunately for you, Fortwan. No, I don't mind. Kezu's not one of my favorites. I know, but you still... I thought you said you liked him more than Giganox, though. I do. Oh, okay. That's that, that was what I was referring to, then. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not, like... The only reason why I don't like him, because he's clearly just a different kazoo. <laughs> yeah, but he's... I don't know. I think he's much better designed. He's not a flying wyvern. Like, his body is completely different. His body I mean, is very he, unique. He is a flying wyvern. No, uh, no, no, flattened. no! I meant he's not a yeah. He's not like the uh, the same skeleton. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, no, I get I, it. I would much rather fight him over uh, Kazu in general. Anyway, he just runs on the walls and the ceiling more than Kazu did. Is all. Hmm. That's that's yeah. A the lot of the to me. a lot of the uh, second gen monsters that went on the ceiling was like. I'm going to go on the ceiling for a few seconds. I'm going to do something, and then I'm going to fall down. <laughs> Whereas Giganox was like, I'm just going to hang from the ceiling and chuck lightning, or not uh, not lightning, that's baleful. Chuck, uh, chuck purple clouds at you, and then I'm going to get back up, and then I'm going to try to pounce, like, uh, not pounce on you, to, uh, you know, uh, what does he do? Where he, he, like, snaked out his neck, and he would yeah. grab at you. Yeah, um, it's a, that's his pin. Yeah, and he would, like, just put his mouth down on top of you, and you would just disappear in his mouth. That was horrifying. You hope it's his mouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's his cloaca. <laughs> oh, he's, he, he's, a, he's, not a, he's not a winged wyvern. He's a bird wyvern now. <laughs> What? 
cloacas, what birds have. Also sea cucumbers. That's also true. <laughs> um, so, okay. Let's um, move on. <laughs> Just to sort of end this off, um, we talk about world a lot, Gog and I do. Um, we, I mean, the last episode was pretty much all about the Rotten Vale trailer. Um, That's nerding out. Yeah. Um, so, what are your guys' thoughts on Monster Hunter World? Um, we don't really get... We try not to get into news stuff too often. Although the last episode is clearly just news. Uh, <laughs> just us talking about it. Um, it was fun. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... So what? What BQ that I? What, what do you guys think? I'll start off with them. Um, I think from what I've seen and what I've what I've read, there's there's some. I think there's some welcome changes that are going to make hunting feel even more like hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The the introduction of the, the fire the fireflies. When I first saw them, I was a little a little worried and a little uh, apprehensive about it, but. Mm-hmm. When you now know that you you know you go hunting, you have to find clues and and it's like having through. a thousand navies. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Big three, big three over, here, over here, over here, over here, over here. <laughs> Just all big, over each other. Big three it's like monster mine. And then they found Navi will finally lead you to a monster. Actually, it feels a little bit more um, immersive for me. Um, okay. There's a couple other changes like that I think that that'll, that'll help out with this whole with the whole immersion of being this hunter of monsters. I think that that'll be included in this new, uh, new game as well as there's a lot of cool looking monsters. Yeah, I'm never gonna get over that EKG mater. I'm never am. Why? It's Why? Just, it's so annoying. It's so small, though. Like I, I I completely forget about it every single time I watch gameplay. Like unless you're really looking for it. Like, I don't, I don't think it's going to bother you gameplay-wise. Like, yourself. Yeah, I, I do see it on every video, but I'm just like, okay, I guess I'll try to ignore it. Yeah. But then there's that, that And little... also, I'm pretty sure you can turn it off anyway. I visually. think so. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen anything about turning that off. But... I mean, you can probably do, like, you know how Breath of the Wild kind of has, like, the simplified versions of the um, UI, where you just see certain parts. You can probably turn things on and off like that. Maybe, but if that turns off my health, and at the same time, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> I mean, I hope they don't do it all for one like that. I hope it's kind of customizable, Yeah. but we'll see. I actually did a, a couple of um, posts on various forums and probably read it um, in some of the older games where I was arguing that I actually thought they should have a mode where you can see the monster health, because I think the fact that you need to go on to Kiraniko and look up the impact cut shot and element weak zones for each monster to really know if you're having any sort of an impact is bad and kind of bad game design so and i've mm-hmm. I've always put forward that argument and like i get downvoted and i get disagreed with the hell but i mean mm-hmm. if you just had it in a smaller mode or something you could turn off or some sort of a training room so like the fact that world shows damage numbers and it has the thing like an ekg i actually like yeah. I'm I'm okay with the damage numbers. That's not a problem with me. It's the EKG. Uh, by the way, there is a way to tell if you're hitting the right spots. And yeah, the blood spurts are larger or smaller. Well, and it's not just that. It's the the resistance of the, when the weapon hits. 
So the harder the hit, the longer it takes the weapon to go through. Um, And you can feel it. Um, I I was going to say that, like, I have felt like... I felt like the biggest resistance, like the most critical hit I have ever done today uh, when I was fighting uh, a Narga Kuga today in a double cross. Um, and I'd use the, the energy blade, the, the hunter art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hit him like at the very tip of it with like a full file expender expenditure mm-hmm. and I hit him. And the screen, st- I felt like it was a full second that it stopped. It was like... Well, yeah, with the uh, with the energy blade, it always does that when you connect. So it's really cool when you, like, I when I run around after a fight and I find a group of jaggies with it, you can literally like lag for three <laughs> seconds because it goes. Tsh, 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 yeah, tsh. it's yeah. really cool. Um, but yeah, so you can actually tell when you're hitting the right spot with the right kind of weapon based on that resistance, based on the 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 feel of the weapon hitting. It's obscure, yeah, but it's it's there. Um, mm-hmm. So, because of that, personally, I have never looked at Kiraniko at all. Hmm. I have never been to that site for any monster to look up how to do it or anything. Not in my entire 13 years of playing Monster Hunter. Oh no, I don't look up the uh, the hit, like the spots that I should hit the most. I usually, what I do, you know, I'll look up, like, um, the parts and stuff like that. Um, that's mainly what I use. I usually do that so I can find parts, so I can make the, the armor and the weapons and stuff. Um, but the actual weak points, I always actually go in the game and I figure those things out, which is kind of funny. Um, I'm actually really happy, though. You know, the fact that they are letting you with the scout flies, you know, as you gain more information about the monster, you get, you know, the places that you want to hit the monster and stuff like that, and... As you upgrade the scout flies after fighting something more and more and more, you know, now you don't need to hunt the monster. Now you know exactly where it's going to be because it's in this area that you've hunted it before. Now you're at level three, so now it's just tracked continuously. You just, you don't, the scout flies don't come out. You just have a marker on your map, and that's how you know where it is. And it's very cool that they're, you know, they're giving you that ability to be like, hey, Here's your reward because you are a veteran hunter. You know how to fight this monster, and I think that's really cool. Uh, it's like I a development. I could be wrong, but I think you're you're mixing up your terminology there. The scout flies upgrading are just colors, and they they exist within that particular quest, right? So, but no. the hunter notes are what get upgraded, not the scout. Yeah, flies. well, they they there's two things. I I don't remember what video this was in. I think it was in one of Eric's videos. And he no, he goes into it very in depth. In yeah, he discusses that, which is a big thing. Where in the notes, you know, you, now you can see hit bot like spots to hit the monster, how much damage it does. Yeah. Um, and then he also talked about how there is as you hunt the monster more, you have a gauge that you fill. Um, not just in that single quest, but as an overarching thing. With where the scout upgra- flies? Yes, where it upgrades the scout flies to the point that, you know, if you've hunted this one a lot, now you don't need to search for those footprints anymore. You know where it's going to be. Um, you ha- where you don't really know exactly where it is, but you your scout flies will lead you directly towards it. Um, and then at the level 3, it is marked on your map. Huh. Yeah, that was. I, I did um, not see that at all, and I watched that video. <laughs> I mean, it might have been in a separate video where he discussed specifically that. 
And okay. I could be wrong, and it could be a single quest, and maybe I misread it, so... We'll see. There's a lot of things that we honestly don't know 100% for sure in this game, and that's kind of one of the... What makes it harder to discuss, you know? Sure. And I think that the use of environment is going to be really interesting inside this game. Um, being mm -hmm. able to, to, be, to lure or provoke monsters, not instantly, but to choose kind of your battleground or how you want to approach the fight. It's very cool. And then to be able to lure monsters into fighting each other. But we've seen this to a certain degree in, in previous in previous iterations of Monster Hunter where you know, the carry picker may call, call a monster and it's coming after you and it's, it happens to just hit, hit the carry picker as collateral damage and things like that. But now you're going to see monsters go at it. And to your advantage, and you're going to use it to your advantage. Then allow she's to go at it, fight. You you may participate in the fight to a certain extent, and then and then at the end, once one of them has fallen or they both have fallen, you come, you swoop in, and you you kind of finish them off. I think it's going to make for some really interesting uh, scenarios for us. Yeah, that. So it's kind of funny that you brought that up because in some ways that kind of scares me a little bit. That ability to let monsters wear each other out, and you just kind of swoop in and take them out at the end. Um, mm -hmm. But to an extent, I don't think they're going to let that happen too much. I hope. Um, I think it's still going to be a point where when you get monsters together, there's always going to be a risk that they both just aggro to you afterwards. Yes. Um, and I could totally see that happening. Um, which I am happy with because I want there to be a risk to doing that. To, to, you know, running around and just being like, oh, my challenger mantle's back, now let's lure it under this rock. Oh, my Challenger Mantle's back. Now let's lure him to the Rathalos. Oh, my Challenger Mantle's back. Oh, he's limping. Okay, I can kill him. And I really hope that's not the case. I don't think it will be. Um, I think that... I think that they will want the monster to be able to... live. <laughs> I think there'll be certain points where it'll be like, okay, these other monsters aren't going to smash it to bits for you the whole time. You know, there might be a cooldown on when they can fight each other. Like that. Um, and, uh, I mean, like we saw in the... Uh, there was gameplay, I think, by Game Informer? Um, possibly. Which had a three-monster battle in the... Um, in yeah, the we, did, we discussed it last episode. Wastelands, yes. Um, which was really interesting because, you know, Baroth Bear, and... Gerodotus did their little animation, but then the rest of it was the monsters, you know, they attacked each other every once in a while, and then they mostly attacked the hunters, and they just happened to get in each other's way. Um, and I was okay with that. I was like, you know, if they're going to get in each other's way, that's fine, because that's, you know, that's what happened uh, normally in the other games. Um, and that's something that you could actually do, is let them wear each other out. Um, but, you know, it's not too extreme that you can, like that, just have one attacking the other over and over, having them leave and then come back and leave and come back and reset and reset and kill each other. Um, I'm happy that they're trying. Like, hopefully, that's not what they're trying to do. It's always kind of been a thing in the games, though, that I the think monsters the... injure each other, and like a lot of the kind of end of the village arena quest where you have to fight multiple monsters at once. It's always been a valid strategy that you can just kind of run around in circles until they wear each other down, mm -hmm. but it's usually slower yes. and. I mean, the ultimate decider is that it's just, it's not as much fun. It's more fun to kill them yourself yeah. than to let them kill each other. So hopefully, like, the players can kind of decide that on their own. 
Yeah, and that's like another big thing is the environmental stuff that they did, like uh, Bikube talked about. And, you know, um, I'm not too excited about that one place where I can drop rocks, and that one place where I can have Diablos jump out of the ground, and that one place where I can have the dam break on the top of the tree. But I'm really excited just to be like, here's a random tree in front of me, I'm going to knock it down and try to capture him. Um, or, look, there's a flash bug right here. I'm just going to try to flash him. Or there's a paratoad on the ground. I can try to paralyze him and hopefully not paralyze myself. Like, that kind of just random stuff that just pops up that you can use is really cool um, to me. Whereas the other ones that are a bit more set up to be used, I'm not as excited about. Because I know that if I played online, those would be things that everyone went, okay, let's lure him to this again and again and again. And... That's just not as fun to me. I kind of hope that I it's going to be a more organic fight. Yeah, I think they have to balance, uh, I guess, the term that I'm looking for is risk mm-hmm. with any of these things. Like, you got to have some kind of risk involved with me luring a monster, like you were saying. If I'm going to lure a monster to another monster, there's got to be that risk there that it, this may work yeah, out I in hope, my favor, I hope that or the, it um, may blow up in my face. The rocks so that fall I try to go and lure him to this dam, there's also some kind of risk with it, or it, it can feel a little cheesy for you. I'm, I'm jiving with a lot of what B-Cube is saying. Um, I wish I could hear him more. Um, just to, to bring it back to the the original question, I'll just chime in with my thoughts on world as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. To cast your mind well, well back to the, the, the after year of 2002, mm-hmm. I can remember being a gamer <laughs> and seeing screenshots announced for a game called Metroid Prime. And to the horror of the entire mm-hmm. gaming industry and everybody associated, they had turned this beloved, fantastic 2D franchise into this first-person atrocity that looked like garbage, and everybody was very angry, and me included. And then Metroid Prime came out, and it was <laughs> great. And then shortly after that, <laughs> Wind Waker was announced, a Zelda game that looked like a cartoon for stupid little kids. And everybody hated it, and everybody was super mad. And then Wind Waker came out, and it was great. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to not be super angry about a game when it's announced in the very early stages <laughs> because game developers yeah. probably know what they're doing. And then Monster Hunter World was announced and I was like, great, just tear it all down, build it back up. I love Monster Hunter. But Monster Hunter is really, really flawed. So like I would have been up getting downvoted to hell on the Reddit saying, you know what monsters they should bring back? They should bring back none of them. Scrap everything, do everything hmm. new. Do it better and have world wow. be like the rebirth that Try was. Just do it new and do it well. Because, like, I can, if I'm going to recommend a Monster Hunter game to someone, like, I need to sit next to them and be like, okay, you should do this, you should do this, and you should, like, ignore most of what the game is telling yeah. you. And there's all these hidden mechanics. You have to teach. But, like, you need, like, a doctoral thesis to know how to do this stuff. So, just, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about the new thing, but um, I'm also in kind of a weird situation that basically after the first trailer I decided to go media blackout so I I know almost nothing about the game and uh, whenever I'm listening to a podcast and they're talking about it I'm skipping ahead and I'm not listening and I'm not watching any trailers so oh I'm sorry that's cool you guys haven't haven't gone into any any wild specifics but um, yeah I'm basically Mm -hmm. just going to wait for the PC launch and I'm going to play well don't listen to our our podcast we're opening up tomorrow because it's all about the new stuff don't worry I won't There's pretty much I mean, like, view it, but don't listen to it, so then you get, like, we get, like, another, <laughs> you know, just a little bit better. Um, I will like, comment, <clears> Well, I will say... <laughs> Ooh, thank you. 
but yeah. yeah. I think that's a good way to end that's, it. That's, that's basically my thoughts on <laughs> worlds. Like, I hope, like, rather than doing that's what generations do, which is like, hey, look at all this old crap we have, that we're just going to throw it over the, the melting pot, regardless of how bad it was. That is not fair. <laughs> Oh, that is true. That is true. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of this. I do agree with that. Maybe a difference between um, me and you guys is that uh, listening to you talk, you have a lot of sort of assumed motives. So like Fortuan was saying that they didn't have swimming in a game because of technical limitations. And Gog was saying they didn't have swimming in a game because everybody hated it. But like, well, that's because I was wrong. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> theoretically speaking, you were both wrong because you kind of can't assume intent on behalf of developers. Like maybe there was a contract where Sony weren't allowed to have swimming in a game because Nintendo had exclusivity. Like nobody really knows. But when you mm. put out a product, and no, that came from an interview. Yeah, but when you, <laughs> when you put out a product, it's a game, and it's called Monster Hunter, and yeah. it costs me cash money. Like, I kind of don't care what the intent <laughs> is behind the game. I want the game to be good, and uh, I felt like Generations yeah. was just too much old copy-pasting, and, like, I love the idea mm. of World is just all new stuff. Like, take the spirit of the game, but, like, strip out all the old assets and just give us something as new as you can, and, like, I'm excited to play that. Like, this is, for me, this is Monster Hunter Try 2. Like we're 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 doing it hmm. we're doing it again, guys. Stick with hmm. us. Hmm. Well, they're they're doing it harder. Much they're harder. doing it way harder than try. Try was like uh, it's kind of the same game, but like there's stuff that's different and new, and there's water. Yeah. But like this game is like, like holy crap, everything is different. <laughs> I, I think I think the open map design is the real kicking the pants as to making this totally oh yeah and and the you know dynamic of all of these interactive things in the world um the just because the game is coming to a newer system just the ability to have more advanced ai nothing has to turn twice and then charge you know every single time um oh, i hate the it's, double it's a very so interesting thing to watch develop the double turn yeah <laughs> Um, I'm going to say there are a few monsters um, that I feel that should be able to stay in the series, and definitely the Wraths are two of them. Mm -hmm. there, there's, they are a flagship of the whole series for a reason, because they sort of embody like what it is you're going up against. Um, it's... They do need updated, which is... I'm glad they're being updated, mm -hmm. but I don't think they need to be eliminated entirely. Um, and I also feel the same about some other monsters, but I would say that Baroth is not included in that list. Mm -hmm. So seeing Baroth again in Monster Hunter World is not... It's, it's interesting because I'm glad we're still seeing Brute Wyverns, although that's what Angie is. Um, um, but also, like, as much as I love Diablos, I think that he is a product of his environment, too. Like, if you're going to have a desert map, I think Diablos makes sense, because he's really the only believable burrowing wyvern with those horns. Mm -hmm. um, wow, believable burrowing in air Like, quotes. all that kind of... A lot of monster <laughs> hunter can uh, dig by just rubbing their face against some dirt. It makes me so sad every time I see Durampro yeah. and Devil Joe go underground. I mean, come on, guys, what are you doing? You don't even have forearms. It, 
Well, one of the that's first what I'm times saying. he so. has the he has the horns to do that specifically. That's what his horns are for. He's like ripping so. at the ground like a bison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and obviously he wouldn't be able to do that, but yeah, it is the idea. Um, yeah. And that's and he spins. That's really funny that's to that you say that because um, so after World was announced, I had I think it like three or four friends that are now interested in the new Monster Hunter game, which is really cool. Um, and two of them actually went back and they, they bought Monster Hunter games and it's me going, oh dude, some one of these days we have to set things up so I can come and I can play with you and I can show you how to do everything because this game's going to teach you nothing. Um, but there's another kid that he he doesn't have the ability to play, but I showed him the game one time and I fought a um, Monobolos for him. And Monobolos dug underground and he's like, did he just clip underground? And I was like, no, he dug underground. He's supposed to do that. He's like, oh. And, and it's just funny to, like... Because it, it is weird, because he, like, just looks down, and he's like... And he just kind of goes underground. Swan but, um, dive right uh, in. Yeah, he's got a... Sun- he, he, he buffs... He digs with his nose a bit, and then he goes under. Yeah. But yeah, not long enough, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, still, I still have to say my favorite digging animation is the um, Neopterons. The ones that can dig, because they literally... They they f- they jump up and they just slam their faces into the ground and then they dig really fast and it's horrifying looking. That actually looks um, especially good though. Especially for the uh, the n- shrouded Nursilla. That looks like a totally believable digging animation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm behind on mm-hmm. spiders digging. In sand, that's exactly what they would do. Mm-hmm. Because it would like obviously they were much they're much smaller and lighter and they can actually do that. But um you know when they're at this size it's a little bit less predictable. I mean um believable. You know. I think the uh, uh, Zamtrios and those guys do it well too. Mm, yeah, especially because they're on ice, it makes more sense too for them to smash yeah. through the thin ice into the water. But yeah, just to clarify my well, even in the desert. Just one. to clarify my previous mm. point, I'm not saying that Capcom should like cut Rathalos and Rathian because I know they won't, and like if they did, everybody mm. would be insane. Like angry except for me i wouldn't care but um i just i'd like the spirit of it i mean you know if you want to like you know drop my mic you know another way to spell try is t or y and like this feels like a game where they're actually gonna try much like the first monster hunter try and like we're not gonna be back in the old days where it's like okay we've got one wyvern okay let's copy paste we'll make him blue we'll sorry we'll make him red we'll make him green we got two wyverns awesome actually let's make him pink and make him blue we got four wait let's make him gold and make him silver all right guys that's it let's go to lunch <laughs> now we got now there's we got col- now we got uh there's flame king. behind the colors but okay <laughs> flame king the poison queen you know what the ecology is behind the colors for Tuan? <sighs> yeah deadlines the mechanics wise i don't uh, yeah I was like, mechanics-wise, yeah, they're not really that different. Uh, they justified it through some ecology stuff, but yeah. I, I get it. Re- reskins aren't the best thing. That's, I mean, um, that's why I kind of don't really care about subspecies a lot of the time. I just don't. Uh, green Plesioth is like, I like Plesioth, but yeah. Green Plesioth is like, it's and just And when harder. you're talking about giant hitboxes hitting you from 14 miles away, there's no better example than uh, the father and son Green Plesioth event quest from 3 Ultimate, where like, Green Plesioth could turn like and be 400 feet above yeah. your head and he'd still send you flying. Yeah, he's an awkward monster to fight, for sure. <laughs> Alright, well, um, I think that about wraps us up. Um, we are about yeah, an hour past I mean... where I wanted to start, but hey... I think we'll probably be at two hours 
with some you'd of the be, stuff I'm probably going to end up cutting out with like the third discussion. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I bet we'd only be able to cut out ten minutes. I mean, honestly. It, it's, okay. <laughs> you get to cut out a lot less than you think you do. Um, uh, thank you, Hunters, for joining us today on the Hunters Hub. Uh, we'll see you next quest. Bye. Bye. See ya. Hunters for joining us today. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube or Google Drive download. You can find all the latest episodes on SoundCloud.